This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. All you have to do, dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. And joining you here tonight, it's Ian. Adamo. And Mark. All right. So a uh, little bit of uh, local news. Well, it's not local. It's it's national. Uh, but it happened here locally in Keene, New Hampshire. Uh, Bra- um, Vice President Biden was in town. Yeah, Joe Biden. For some sort of a uh, speechifying campaign event for Barack Obama. Obama. And, of course, when politicians come to town in Keene, New Hampshire, the activists come out. And it doesn't matter whether they're Republicans or Democrats. Uh, a number of folks were out today uh, as of like 1030 this morning. Myself and Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com, who doesn't come out to Keene very often. He came out for this. Uh, we were both out as well as uh, Daryl, who was on with you on Sunday nights uh, or on Sunday night, Mark. Uh, we were all out holding signs. Actually, Dave was you know, doing his video thing, uh, but uh, Daryl and I had signs, and we were joined by some other folks uh, a little while later. So we probably had about uh, maybe about eight Were there any activists. other like, advocacy groups that would normally like, follow campaigns and protest them, You know, like Greenpeace or Save the Whales type stuff? I couldn't answer that question entirely because I'm banned from the school campus, so therefore I couldn't oh, yeah, actually right. go on the campus where the event was happening. It was happening at Keene State College, and Daryl's also banned, so the, the two of us were unable to actually enter the area wherein some of those other people might have been. Uh, But there was no one on Main Street. It was just the liberty activists that were out, you know, where most of the traffic was, where you could be seen. And uh, Keene police were being ridiculous uh, today. One of their officers, uh, Jason Short, who I actually kind of like. He's a good guy, right? Yeah. uh, I I think he's he's one of my more favorite uh, Keene police officers. He was an officer in charge assigned to deal with the, the, the free staters today. And, of course, we weren't all free staters. There was uh, one, you know, basically native and another person there who was from the Occupy movement that uh, came out to join us as well. And uh, so he came out. We were standing in the roundabout. And up here in New England, they have these roundabouts. Uh, we didn't really have them down in Florida. There was one in Sarasota, but that was pretty much it. And uh, so we're in this roundabout in the center of it, which is, of course, a great place to be seen. Right, because all the cars drive around you in a circle. Roundabout exactly. sounds exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. and uh, Traffic circle? Traffic circle. I'm just wondering, before we go on, and I hate to step down in the middle of this very important conversation, Ian, but are you talking about the Swift Circle or the Circle on St. Armand's Key? Uh, St. Armand's. I don't know about the Swift one. You don't know? You live like right next to it? You grew up there? You don't remember the one? No, I don't remember anything like that. Okay, go ahead. Maybe it's newer. I don't know. It's not. So anyway, um, so we're there. We're in the circle. We've got signs. We're waving. We're smiling. And Keene Police rolls up and says, uh, you can't be here because it's not authorized for pedestrians. What? Like, what? We're not a sidewalk like, <laughs> all around the perimeter. Right. right? He, the claim is that that, that brick-looking sidewalk is actually a run-up for the uh, 18-wheelers that are trying wow. to go around the circle. Well, that's weird. It must be for law enforcement vehicles then, because I drove by that same circle at around 2.30 for lunch, uh, on my way to lunch, and there were two state troopers... No, one state trooper and one uh, county sheriff parked in, like, on in that the circle. circle. Oh, yeah. interesting. So <laughs> at least we know what it's for now. Right. One set of rules for them, another set of rules for us. So he tells us that we can go over on the median. So still in Main Street, but on the median just a few feet away. And so we go over there because he was going to arrest us for disorderly conduct uh, if, if we the didn't. Catch-all. You yeah. can believe that. And because uh, I asked him, you know, I said, so he tells us to leave. And I said, or else... 
Yeah. Just and to kind of try to get him to, uh, you know, issue a threat uh, rather than just being Mr. Nice Guy and asking us to, to leave the area. He's like, well, what do you think? And I'm like, well, probably disorderly conduct. <laughs> He's like, yeah, we could do that. We could do that. <laughs> or resisting arrest afterwards or yeah. whatever. Some kind of arrest on some trumped up nonsensical right. charge for which you don't actually have. I mean, at a, least it's all uh, out there in the open, you know. How about butt rape with a red hot poker? I mean, you know, just let me know which one you which one's going on here. Right. I mean, it's it's all right out. It's such BS that everybody knows it. Anyway, so he tells us to go over over on the median. So that's where we go. And, uh, and then five minutes later, he's back. And, of course, blocking traffic both times to uh, to talk to us, which, of course, is the reason why we weren't supposed to be there in the first place, because we would be allegedly somehow blocking, you know, the 18-wheelers that yeah. are going to run up on the uh, the, the run, roundabout. And so he tells us that he was mistaken. According to his bosses, we can't be in the median either. He need, we need to now be over across the street. <laughs> his bosses? Did he, did he clarify that? Was that uh, the chief? Of Keen, or because I, I wondered about that. I've seen a lot of police presence on multiple agencies, mm-hmm. but I assume that like Secret Service or the Feds Service give some sort of debriefing to these people. Like, and again, I'm uh, assuming, but along my route to lunch, I noticed all these cop cars like on the side of the road everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I don't, can only assume that that's the path the vice president would take at some point, right? And they're going to keep it clear. So I can only imagine the debriefing these guys are given. Like, hey, today not only are you on our tab, and guys are getting paid double or triple time right. to protect this important guy, but report anything that's suspicious or you know do this and deal with these people in this way. So like they're really souped up, you know. Like short has to come back, and like he's probably going to be a good guy and say just go over there. But then the other guys are like, no, 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 get him as far away from here as possible. Because I've never been thrown off the median before. Exactly. I've been in the median like on just as of uh, tax day. I was out, there was a tax day protest out in front of the post office in Keenan. There's a median out there, and I wanted to get in the median rather than being over by the post office so both sides I could kind of turn around and be seen by both sides of the, the traffic easier. I, I had cops passing me by on that day, and nobody said boo to me about it then. But, you know, eh, I'm really not interested in getting the vice arrested vice president's in town. Let's be serious. You know, they're, they're going to they're gonna take this stuff. <laughs> they're, they're not going to let any guff go by. But but it always feels like the, you know, the most petty sort of uh, thing. because it's They all- don't have anything else to do. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I'm sorry. If <laughs> they're not important people doing important things. What do you expect them to do? So they're not going to be out investigating a burglary on the day that uh, that Joe Biden's in town. They've got to protect the VIP. Right. I mean, mean, it would have been a great day to rob a bank because every cop in Keene and every state trooper in probably the entire uh, western half of New Hampshire was in in Keene today. And specifically when the motorcade came in, which was approximately about 17 vehicles, uh, most of them cops. Just cop car after cop car. I mean, uh, state police after state police after state police. And then, you know, some black limo type things. and A couple uh, of them, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, so this was all happening while we were out on Main Street. And so, you know, we moved across from the median, went over to where they wanted, you know, where, where they said we could be, which was on the side of the road at that point. Stayed there for a couple hours. And a number of people had gone into the campus. So it was just Daryl and I, because, again, we were banned from the campus. But a number of people had gone onto the campus, and there were some shenanigans that went down there. And apparently there's video footage of a lot of this. Uh, Graham from coplock.org was uh, confused for me, because we both had the V for Vendetta mask on today. <laughs> so they tried to pitch him. So, yeah, 
they're like, are you Ian? Uh, like when he's on campus, because I'm banned from campus, they thought that he was me and they were trying to determine whether or not he was me so they could so potentially keen, arrest me. Was it Keen Police or just the Apparently sec- it was Keen Police. Campus security. Okay. Wow, who have actually arrested him a few days ago. Graham. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> they should get their people straight. You, kid, right. you kids just should you get around. But to the to the Jason Short thing on how he comes back and say, oh, I was, I was misspoken, like we were taught in public schools, government schools, that like uh, that video they used to play on Saturday mornings, like, hi, I'm a Bill, and I first yeah. need to get endorsed, and then I need to go to this place. What was that called? Got, Schoolhouse Rock? I'm just yeah, a Bill. Yeah, yeah, the schoolhouse. Yeah, I'm just a Bill or whatever. And uh, so that process must have all happened by the time short from when he booted you from the median <laughs> or from the roundabout to the thing, because... You know, every cop that says, I'm just enforcing the law, yeah. is full of it, because the right. law is whatever they say they want. You know, right. our friend Derek, who's in jail now, you know, uh, when he was given a no trespass order that a judge said was from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. or something like that, six maybe the other way around, but when the uh, keen police officer wrote it he said oh i made it all day so it's all day now you that's know right. he's on we, we catch him on video or, yeah. with the audio saying that like just, it's all day now i made the law i made the rules ha 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 right there on the spot they right can absolutely the just make it up uh so i can tell you more about what happened we've actually got something that's way more important uh garrett Ian is with us from freeconquer.org uh, live from chicago at the nato protest garrett are you there I am here. How's it going, guys? Hey, welcome to Free Talk Live. You've been there on the ground at uh, the NATO protest for the last couple of days, and we haven't really even talked about it. Mark, I don't know if you discussed it Sunday night, but we didn't talk about it last night. Not so much. So I wanted Garrett to uh, to call in as uh, somebody who's been in the thick of things down there. And Garrett, can you stick with us and give us some details here in a few moments? Definitely. All right, more with Garrett Ian from freeconquered.org. He is there in Chicago and it's uh, it's been pretty crazy from what I understand. 855-450-FREE. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. Free Talk Live. Bardo Fest is a camping gathering at Bardo Farm, an off-the-grid, eco-friendly farm in Croydon, New Hampshire. Attendees will enjoy live music performances, sustainability workshops, comedy, firearms education, terrific farm-raised food, vendors, and camping under the stars. Treat yourself and relax at Bardo Fest, May 25th through the 28th. A full festival pass, including camping, is just $50. Go to bardoproject.com. B-A-R-D-O project.com. is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are waiting for you. Uh, Again, freetalklive.com features including news updates. Get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something that you need to know about Free Talk Live. Head on over to uh, news.freetalklive.com. Get signed up there. Again, uh, email, Facebook, Twitter, news.freetalklive.com. We're talking here about, uh, well, people, law enforcement officers uh, hassling people and you know, when it comes to potential law enforcement harassment, one of the most important places to protect yourself is while driving. Freedomcam.net has a groundbreaking new product that gives you the best all-around protection, the GPS black box dash cam. It's easy to use. It has video cameras recording all around and inside your vehicle. It has a built-in microphone. That way, anything that's said is going to be recorded. GPS navigation. It says it records your driving route and speed. So if there's some kind of accident situation, you've got the the best witness. And that witness is on your side. You've got the, uh, the memory chip right there. 
you pull it out, you've got it in your hand. Um, so you can protect yourself with the ultimate witness at freedomcam.net. I've got one in my vehicle. Ian, you've got one for whatever you can get your card on the road. As soon road. as I get another car back on the road, yes, I will. Freedomcam.net. I think it's a great tool. And, in fact, I was just looking uh, during the break at some video from uh, some journalists, the independent journalists that were in uh, the at, at the NATO protests in Chicago uh, were pulled over. Some guys uh, from uh, wearechange.org uh, pulled over by a dozen cop cars, surrounded, held at gunpoint, uh, told to come out of the cars with their hands raised. And they did have one of them, at least one, maybe more than one, had a cell phone uh, that was streaming live at the time. So that's always a good thing. It's a great tool. It really is important. Got to have that. You've got to have your cell phone. That's important. Uh, but the but- cell phone is so obvious. It's sticking right out there in your face. The Freedom Cam... It looks like a you know any kind of fuzzbuster or whatever kind or of whatever might be on your window. Wind, yeah. windshield. Sure. So I think that the one two combination is yeah. really useful. Absolutely. Because had they had the freedom cam in this particular case, they would have been rolling before the pullover. Like the freedom cam's always going. So you right. don't. It's not like oh crap you know the cops are behind us. Get in the phone. Go to you know quick.com or go to Bambuser, you know, get on there, hit the record button. It takes a few steps to get to your cell phone. A few video steps that might be interpreted by a trigger happy cop as you pulling a gun. Well, yeah, and especially in this scenario in Chicago, because that's what us is all about. You know, cops, you know, I've said this over and over over G twenty and NATO things, but if everyone just ignore these guys and watch all these, you know, if police stated up. Uh, you know, batons, mace, straps, and let them stand in the street and look like goons, you know, because that's what they are. But instead, they take this opportunity to be all jacked up, run around, snatch people off the streets, raid homes. You know, uh, I'm sure uh, Ian will talk about it, or you guys might have. Garrett. Uh, Garrett, sorry. Garrett's here. Yeah, he'd talk about it, but the three guys arrested last week, you know, at least we could thank the Keene police for how they treated you. At least they didn't try to frame anybody for a setup on the vice president like these guys in Chicago. No doubt. Well, let's talk more about what's been going on, but first get a report from uh, somebody who's on the ground, uh, Garrett Ian from freeconquered.org. Uh, Garrett, you've been there for a couple of days. When did you arrive in uh, Chicago? Uh, I arrived with a group of people from uh, mostly Occupy New Hampshire and Occupy Boston on Friday morning, and... Uh, Immediate presence was felt by uh, the federal authorities once we landed. In fact, uh, when we were getting our subway tickets out of the airport, a uh, Homeland Security guy with a cup of coffee came over, and he was very nice and asked if we needed directions and led us to uh, where we were going. Where were you going? Um, well, the group had a church that uh, they were able to stay in. Okay. Um, I knew somebody who was getting a hotel in the area that I was able to use to offload a lot of the video I was getting during the day and recharge all my batteries. Um, so... Uh, anybody that was in the certain area that the NATO protest was actually going down was subject to uh, pretty much search. Uh, the subway lines that ran through there had TSA-level security, which I actually never took, so I didn't get to experience, uh, I didn't want to experience. Mm. Um, but So uh, mostly we were staying, and most of the protests were going on a few blocks north of where the actual NATO summit was. And anywhere that you went in Chicago, and it was very expansive, uh, police presence was heavily felt. If you were downtown, there was probably six or seven officers on any end of the corner. And if you were far outside of town, you were still seeing uh, a police officer on just about any corner or a cruiser somewhere around you. Wow, it sounds it sounds like the police president, uh, pr- presence in Keene today was light in comparison yeah. to that. Uh, that's really in- – yeah, that does sound intense. So were you around with uh, with any of these protests going down that, uh, that people have been hearing about online? Um, well, the – from what I understand, the most brutal crackdown that occurred over the weekend was on Sunday uh, when the Black Bloc tried to march towards the NATO protests. 
Sunday was the day that there was actually a permit given to actually march through the um, area that the NATO summit was going on. I believe we, we actually passed it on the march, and the march was led by Iraq veterans against the war and some uh, Afghan uh, war veterans um, who discarded their medals at a ceremony on Sunday. Yeah. And the way the permit was uh, organized by the city was that once the, that event had ended, everyone was to be led uh, west away from where the summit was. And there were people who had decided in advance that they were going to, at that time, uh, advance through the lines and towards the NATO summit. Mm. So uh, I decided at that point I had uh, only one battery left for my camera. I didn't really want to get in the thick of things when it seemed that things were definitely going to be going down. Um, so uh, me and some other people uh, held up in a park, which was surrounded by, I'd say, about uh, 200 officers in full riot gear that just stayed outside of this park and let people stay in there without any hassle. Um, we could hear in the distance the LRADs that were calling out to uh, people, giving out some sort of generic message that they had to uh, disperse to the West. What's an LRAD? And, uh, the LRAD, the uh, long-range acoustic device, which is one of the many uh, new military uh, toys that they've brought out for the NATO summit. Yeah, I hear there's drones flying over. Have you seen any? There was helicopters flying overhead uh, at any given time. The most I counted at once was four. Wow. There's usually at least one or two visible downtown. Hmm. Um, and any time you needed to know where most of the action was, you just needed to look up and see where the hovering helicopters were. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> on the ground intel. What, um, uh, these LRADs, what were they mounted on? Um, well, after the uh, ceremony was over, before the Black Bloc March attempted to get to the NATO summit, um, I saw the LRAD go by in the direction that that was going on, and they had it on top of a van. Um, but a friend of mine who was also filming there and gave me some of his footage uh, got a video from a different area in which they had the LRAD mounted on top of a Bearcat of course. behind uh, this chain-link fence. Yeah, I've seen on Bearcats in Pittsburgh. They had them on, like, SWAT vans, like the, you know, the team bails out the back. Now, I thought the LRAD was something with, like, a really high-pitched uh, tone of some sort that they're shooting out at people. You're saying they're just using it to announce things in, in, verbally? They can use it for both. It's also a very, very effective uh, long-range communications device. They could project sound clear ac- uh, across the field. Gotcha. To hear. Wow. So creepy. I mean, the whole situation. I mean, what, what's the feeling like down there? Is there a lot of excitement? Is there a lot of fear? I mean, what's it like? Chicago was, for the most part, a ghost town as far as locals just walking around went. Mm-hmm. When you saw people, it was usually if they were up in a balcony taking video, and it seemed very uncomfortable for them. Um, I talked to some people on the subways mostly, and they said uh, they were avoiding the downtown area for the weekend if they didn't have business there. I'll bet. Is this over now? I mean, how long does this NATO thing go for? Uh, Yes, Monday was the last day. Technically, the the NATO summit was Sunday and Monday, but I believe there were still a lot of diplomats in town all over the weekend. Garrett, do you have more that you want to tell us? If so, you're welcome to stick with us. Okay. All right, hang on. More with Garrett Ian from freeconquer.org there in uh, Chicago for the aftermath of the NATO summit. It's Free Talk Live. What has happened to America, and when did it become okay for the government to extort wealth from the American people? As a former law enforcement officer, I have explained in my new book, In Plain Sight, The Disregarded Truth, how absolute property ownership has been denied to the American people, how and why inflation is fleecing America, how law enforcement officers are being used to suppress and criminalize the beliefs of liberty and freedom. In Plain Sight explains how we can restore what was once a free America. Get your copy of In Plain Sight, The Disregarded Truth today at Amazon.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us over on our website. FreeTalkLive.com is where you can go. You can create the content there, submit whatever you want, and then other listeners can vote on it. The most voted up, make it to the front page, the top of the site. Drop on over to FreeTalkLive.com. Get interactive. We've been talking with Garrett Ian. He is one of the bloggers uh, over at freekeen.com, but he's uh, originally over at uh, freeconquered.org. That's where he posts his stuff first. And uh, we're fortunate enough at freekeen.com that he uh, also posts his stuff over at Freekeen, which he does some really great work. Uh, He's based out of Concord, so he's a really um, busy activist. There's always something to cover going on in uh, Concord. Of course, all of us are here on the three of us in the studio, Garrett's a New Hampshire native, but the three of us in the studio are here in New Hampshire because of the Free State Project. We're here to get together with other like-minded liberty activists to get active together and to achieve liberty in our lifetime, hopefully. Uh, at least that's the uh, the intention. We've got over a 1,000 people that are here now in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, and over 12,000 people have pledged at this point to make the move to New Hampshire and Garrett, as a New Hampshire native uh, who's lived, I believe, in Concord your whole life, uh, how does it? What was it like when you found out that the Free State Project had chosen New Hampshire as its destination? I believe I became aware of the Free State Project about two years after people had already began uh, moving here. So it was something I slowly be- uh, became aware of as I was becoming aware of the ideas of liberty in general. What was it that uh, was, I guess, alerted you to the existence of the Free State Project? Was there one thing in particular that caught your eye? Um, I'd say it was through uh, contacts with friends who were in other political organizations who were FSP movers or friends of FSP movers. And uh, just getting to know people and uh, interact with people who had uh, more ideas than uh, were necessarily shared in government schools or that one had heard before. Uh, that's how I became very much awakened to it. You actually ended up uh, going down to Florida for a few years and going to school in Sarasota, which is where Mark and I really? are from. Yeah, he went to New College. And, uh, <laughs> well, I went to USF, but I spent a lot of time at New College. I see. Gotcha. And uh, so, you know, you're kind of Well, familiar. good. That says something about your hygiene, that you weren't actually a New College student. <laughs> <laughs> so, but now you're back in New Hampshire, and you started up FreeConcord.org a couple years back, and uh, you decided to head out to Concord, or excuse me, to uh, Chicago, uh, for this NATO uh, thing. Now, what inspired the trip in the first place? Because I don't know. I don't want to get, get anywhere near all those cops. That sounds like a really <laughs> dangerous situation. Uh, well, my biggest inspiration was the fact that a free ride was being offered by a nurses' union out in Chicago. Pretty much anybody who wanted to come out, uh, it was even though they had their own rally and it was originally going to be a march and they had their permit yanked by the city, um, they had a rally in which they, they called for the taxes be raised on the rich in order to uh, you know, and, uh, you know, if there was a, a big tax on the rich, it would end all of the failures of the U.S. economy. And uh, so that was a specific event that was on Friday, but the buses that they brought people out on were uh, made so that they'd arrive Thursday night and that people wouldn't be leaving until Monday afternoon. Mm-hmm. So it was for the whole NATO summit that you were able to go if you were able to get on this bus. Um, our bus broke down, and they didn't get us a bus in time to get there, so they ended up flying us out the next day. So oh, wow. Ended up getting uh, free plane tickets out there with about twenty-eight other activists. Wow. So is that why you're still out? Are you still in Chicago right now? No, I safely arrived back in the Shire uh, last evening. Oh, okay. 
Oh, glad you're back. Glad oh, you had somebody on the ground. <laughs> glad, you, glad you didn't get arrested. Make helicopter noises well, like this. I didn't realize, Mark. I, I didn't realize it was <laughs> over already. I had no idea how long this thing was uh, was going. Uh, so I'm glad you didn't get arrested throughout that. Was there anything else that you wanted to to highlight from your weekend in Chicago and the um, you know the police state that was there? Well, from what I understand, it was it it must have been the most militarized the United States city has ever been. Just, uh, from what I could see and, and from my understanding of uh, other events. Because usually, like, at, at different conventions, yeah, there'll be a very, very high uh, presence of police at, uh, like, the Republican and Democratic conventions. But this was citywide. It seemed like there was a full occupation. Wow. Have um, you ever been to Chicago before? Nope. Never oh. before. So this is my first time there. Because when I was in Chicago, I've been in and out of there because I came from Wisconsin just north. So, uh, like, Union Station, O'Hare, like, they're always, like, major police states. Like, I remember sitting in uh, Union Station with, like, five cops to my right and, like, two dogs, and they're both, like, mad at each other, and, like, the cops are just standing there, like, they like they don't even care that these dogs are, like, barking at each other, and they're just sitting there, and mm. I was freaking out kind of because I'm about to get on a train. And Yeah, but it like, sounds like he's saying they were everywhere across yeah, the whole city. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's, I'm, I, I guarantee it was an increased presence, but it, yeah. Chicago's already a pretty bad police state. I mean, I would consider them in the top five worst police, cor- most corrupt, violent police oh, departments yeah, in the sure. country. So. They're pretty bad already. It's very uh, difficult to record there. It's, uh, it's a felony to record someone unless they give you explicit, a uh, cop specifically, unless they give you explicit permission. See, that's what so, I was uh, wondering about. That now, was I've one seen thing some. Relaxed this week. Didn't there, was, wasn't there something recently, though, Mark, about an overturning of that? Michael so... Allison is the case that was facing 75 years for that. And two judges have ruled that it's unconstitutional, but the law still hasn't been changed. They can still charge people with it. And they probably have every full intention of doing it. I had wondered about that if this would be the last, you know, Hoorah for the ease! It's uh, eavesdropping or something right, like that. They don't call it. Yeah. They don't call it wiretapping in Illinois. Oh, really? They call it like the eavesdropping or something like that. And uh, it comes with a much stiffer penalty. And I wondered how many. I haven't heard. I don't have my ear on the internet. Or I mean, fingers. you're facing three felony charges for a wiretapping here in New Hampshire, but Illinois is worse. Yeah, yeah. That Michael Allison, I think it's like seven counts, and it was like seventy-five years uh, that he was facing for that. And that was on over months. The police kept coming to his house. He kept recording them. And they finally figured out that he always had a recorder in his pocket. So after they'd arrest him for, you know, whatever, they were harassing him basically. But once they'd come to his house, harass them, arrest them, they would just tack that on as well because they knew he always had this recorder in his jacket. So a lot of his charges, like, you know, the fourth, fifth, sixth would definitely be thrown out anyways. Cause the cops already knew that he was recording every other time they had arrested him. So now Garrett, you went out there with a bunch of occupiers. Uh, and I think it was you and B- uh, Bill Kostrick. Uh, did he also accompany? Um, yeah, he came out uh, in a car with someone else, but uh, we did meet up while he was out there. So there were at least a, a few liberty-oriented uh, people who made the trip out there. Was there any uh, good opportunities for outreach at all, or were you pretty much just there to document what you were seeing? I was there primarily to document. Um did have a lot of great conversations with people from all over the country. Um, so I would say that if there was, a, in a sense, like when we're talking about recording, um, it's almost like civil disobedience if you know that you might be able to be arrested for something, even if it is technically you know, constitutional. Um, another form of civil disobedience I saw over the march was there were some people openly smoking marijuana as we were walking around. Oh, excellent. The march. <laughs> and police weren't intervening as far as like breaking up the crowds to jump in and grab them in those instances. So in the sense that it became such like a police state, it was very much like the, the, the we're afraid of terrorism state. It was like a, the police are all over and you don't touch them, they don't touch you. And you just like, keep back, you know, if you're recording, they, they weren't really acknowledging it. Yeah, there was a, this video that I was talking about earlier with the guys from wearechange.org. 
they are clearly recording in this uh, particular video, and the police didn't really seem to be too concerned about that in that moment, especially considering we're talking about Illinois with the insanity of, the, right. of their laws there. So, or maybe they didn't realize it, but it certainly, you know, they had their cell phones. It wasn't too unclear that they could have been recording those cops. So, I guess. I, Despite the police state, they weren't focusing on the little, uh, the little stuff, I suppose, and yes, so it could have been worse. Right. But now, things- unfortunately, I think uh, the, the worst instances of brutality I'm aware of that weekend, and I, I saw neither of them, were uh, there was a van that drove through a crowd on Saturday night. There's some video of that that's been all over the internet. And oh God, was it a police van program. or just some guy driving yeah. down the street? Yes, yeah, a police van driving through a small crowd of, uh, of people. Wow. Um, and then on Sunday, of course, the crackdown on uh, the Black Block March. I understand there there may have been some people among the crowd that uh, there have only been reports of people throwing plastic bottles. I've heard nothing about people throwing rocks or glass bottles. And usually you'd expect that there would even just be an agent provocateur in the crowd that would do that. But I still heard nothing about that. Um, but they were definitely the police. Uh, two of the people that I came with had ex- extensive injuries on them. One of the persons had a lot of baton bruises on his chest. Um, another person that I came out on the trip with us who had taken a bus and got 10 stitches in his head from a baton strike right to the top of his head. Garrett, thanks for uh, calling in and taking your time tonight to uh, talk to us here at uh, Free Talk Live. And, of course, folks can go and uh, see some photos that you took uh, from the event. I imagine you've got some video you're probably working on that will be up at some point. Those and videos to come at Free Conquered and Free King. Perfect. FreeConquered.org's Garrett Ian. Thanks for uh, for the time tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line. More coming up. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel. The printing press. The internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. Ademo. And Mark. Ademo's here courtesy of copblock.org and uh, was on the streets with uh, Graham Freeman, also involved uh, with copblock.org today. He had, Of course, he had his copblock shirt on as we were out and about, and uh, we were sitting in the one of the local... Um, I guess Chinese food places. I was having lunch, and one of the guys who I think works there was uh, just over on his phone, and he turns to uh, Graham and he says, "This is your website." And he had pulled up copblock.org on his phone, and it was just like kind of a cool moment. People love copblock. Yeah, man, it's a catchy name, and you know, Pete Air and uh, my fellow. I don't know, partner in crime for mm-hmm. many a year here has taken over the, the lead there, and there are a lot of great folks still doing things. And I've heard, heard there's, I've heard they're talking while. about starting a copblock in Keene. I think that's a great idea. I'm like, wait, it hasn't happened yet? What? <laughs> it's pretty much like Coplock headquarters, I guess. <laughs> right. There's probably more Coplockers here than in any one city sure. anywhere else. You can so. walk down Main Street, and you're, there's a good chance you're going to see someone with a Coplock shirt on. They're actually right. being sold in one of the local downtown shops. It's funny. Uh, so anyway, Coplock.org, drop by there, learn about uh, police accountability, hold, you know, having keep, holding uh, these cops accountable with video cameras, seeing examples of how to do it, 
and then also learn how to start your own comp block uh, chapter. If yeah, you there's a be active page, a how to get support, uh, social networks, forums, a uh, multitude of ways for you to educate yourself, network with others, and learn and spread the ideas of accountability. You, you don't have to um, you know, be in Chicago during some crazy police state NATO situation to be an effective uh, cop blocker. It can be simply a matter of just being there for the people in your community uh, when the police show up. And, and it's only really about, uh, you know, it's, it's accountability. The intention is to uh, prevent abuses where abuses might occur and uh, keep police accountable for their actions. You know what? This kind of brings me to a question. Before there was cop block, there was cop watch. And uh, before you guys created cop block, we had cop watch in Keene. And what's the difference? Well, to me, when I, in between Motorhome Diaries and LOT or cop block, actually, I had gone back to Wisconsin and wanted to do some sort of police, you know, websites, something like that. And so I decided to do my, I was going to blog about my own experience being a victim of the war on drugs, constantly harassed and uh, intimidated by police. And then, you know, found content and, you know, with the interwebs kind of grew. So I was looking to make something. But for Cop Watch, when I looked into that avenue to become one of them, you know, they don't want you talking to the police. They only want to observe. So uh, if you kind of want help from their network, you must do as they say. And if I would go out there and say, hey, officer, uh, that man is, uh, you know, peaceful and is hurting nobody but maybe himself. And I think he has the freedom to do that if he wants. Right. I wouldn't be able to do that. So I guess we were actually cop blocking then when we were doing what we thought was cop watching because I don't yeah. think we realized there was that provision on it. <laughs> yeah. So cop blocking just to me was like, you know, they had a little more top down uh you know, and you guys are very decentralized. Completely decentralized. You know, there are more people who are active or who could have f- further reach. You know, uh, P and I built a pretty good network by traveling the country, so we might have a few more ways to get some things done or be glue to help. Uh, you know, network other folks. But anybody can do anything. There's probably thirty some chapters or groups, whatever they want to be called. Some of those have their own websites. Some are just a social network presence. So, and you know, when you're starting uh, with cop blocking, it's being maybe more of an observer is an easier way to get your feet wet, for instance. Sure. Uh, you know, simple way to do it would be uh, when we were out and about today doing our protests out on Main Street in Keene, there were a couple of instances where the police pulled somebody over within our purview where we could easily walk over and involve ourselves in, in that situation. And uh, it's that's always something where I've, I've done that enough times to know that sometimes actually recording will make someone uncomfortable. So I just like to go in and as soon as the cop leaves the window, because, you know, the cop gets your license registration they always go back and sit in their car for 20 minutes while they do whatever it is they do right and uh, so that's when i walk right up to uh, the person's car window and i you know hey you you want us to keep an eye on this here and just kind of you know yeah, let them know that that's we care. always a great idea because yeah. you know we are about the individual's you know privacy you know some people might not want to be filmed and if they don't want to be filmed and they think they're safe and fine in the scenario then so so be it i would always want to be filmed though me too i most there's most people though they don't want it they really don't and if that's what they don't want i'm not going to force it on them i'm not going to push them it's sad but you know you can go to coplock.org get some business cards the pdf or buy them yourself and it's always a good time too i've seen you know we've both done it but you say hey do you want to be filmed no i don't well here check this out anyways that's what i didn't have with me so i should uh that happens coplock.org there's PDFs, or there's things to buy there in the store. So Perfect. Coplock.org. As we continue here, Tom is listening in Hudson, New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Demo, and Mark. Yeah, you know about the Oath Keepers who say that, uh, you know, they the federal government told them to make an oath to uphold the Constitution of the United States, and that rules out the federal government uh, request or instruction to fight that unconstitutional war or enforce that unconstitutional statute. 
That's okay. the idea. Okay. Now, expanding on that point, you get all these Ron Paul revolutionaries going to the Republican National Convention in Tampa, Florida, where the agenda has been set by the Republican Party. Okay, they get there. There's a call to order, the opening prayer, the Pledge of Allegiance, and all that stuff. Guess what? The Republican Party just told them to pledge allegiance to the Republic, and that rules out any duty to vote for Mitt Romney. If they were bound delegates and they're really Ron Paul supporters, <laughs> hey, I'm, I mean, just I get point it. of order, Mr. Chairman, doing that on live camera during the Republican National Convention would be one thing. The Republican Party big shots, if they're listening to Free Talk Live, they decide, oh, we better drop the Pledge of Allegiance from the agenda. That'll go over real well with a lot of those Republicans who are Marine Corps veterans with Semper Fidelis and all of that stuff. So, yeah, I see where you're know, coming from. I think regardless of whether or not they say the Pledge of Allegiance, uh, you're probably going to see some Ron Paul delegates vote for Ron Paul, even if they've been bound to Mitt Romney, yeah, simply because it's because the right thing for them to do. There's allegiance to the Republic means they're going to vote for Ron Paul. Not for Mitt Romney. See? Well, they can they can make whatever excuse up in their mind that makes them feel better about doing it. I support them uh, going ahead and unbinding themselves well, and, and voting for their their conscience. I think what uh, Tom says would be fun if somebody just said, "Excuse me, point of order." Uh, you know, at this point, nobody's bound because we had to make an oath. You just you, you mean just speaking to, it, bringing it up? Yeah, but speaking it out loud and saying, "Hey, look, you know, you guys say that I'm supposed to vote for whoever it is that won, but what if I think that they're the wrong candidate?" I mean, I, I just allegiance I, to the republic means uh, they can't vote for Mitt Romney because that would be disloyal to the republic. That would be uh, similar to treason against the republic to vote for Mitt Romney. Tom, thank so you for the call tonight. Appreciate yeah. hearing from you at eight five five four fifty free. The SACL CAI toll free line. I think the only allegiance those guys have is probably to like whoever's filling their pockets for the next campaign run or who is securing their career in that seat at the moment. You mean you the know? politicians? Yeah. Well, he's talking about the delegates, right, at these conventions, right? So these are not mostly probably not politicians. They're these Ron Paul supporters who have managed to a get lot themselves them. selected as these delegates. And the, the big question mark about this upcoming Republican convention is whether or not these people who have been been talked about this whole time as being bound to some other candidate, despite supporting Ron Paul, they you know been bound by the rules of the Republican committees or conventions to vote for Mitt Romney or Rick Santorum or one of these other guys in the first round of voting. There's some question marks. Uh, there was some legal paper put out by the lawyer for the Republican National Committee back in 2008. She said they're not bound at all. That like you know they're they're just it just says they're bound, but they're actually not bound, so they can vote however they want. But either way, whether they are bound or not bound, it's I, from what I understand, they can't you can't tell who's voting for what. So they could still vote for whoever they wanted to. So the question is, how many of the Ron Paul supporters who've been told they're bound for these other candidates are just going to basically be like, well, screw that, and they're going to vote for Ron Paul anyway? Right. Well, we'll see what happens. Right. We will see what happens. I mean, they've been treated like dirt at these Republican conventions. I mean, shut out, literally shut out of, uh, locked out of some of these conventions, you know, microphones turned off. One convention, they uh, b- brought up a room divider and like divided off all the Ron Paul people. <laughs> you guys go over here. <laughs> and they, I mean, they've uh, shut down the convention without doing the nomination process. They've done all kinds of things they in have. order to, uh, you know, make, to make this not happen. It's crazy. Right. So. But I think that the, 
you know, the Ron Paul revolution has been really great in spreading the ideas of liberty and getting a lot of people active in their the, the you know a lot of people who are into the, the the ideas of liberty active in their local level as far as politics goes and I think that it could really change things. I don't know whether it'll be better or worse, but I, I it, it seems like things are definitely changing. So there's more to come here uh, to, uh, tonight. Worst case scenario. Mitt Romney doesn't get elected, right? I mean, God, who I, I cares? I wish nobody would get elected. That'd be a real win. But. <laughs> sure. None of the above would be fine with me, but it's not a choice. <laughs> so we've got uh, more to come here on a couple more uh, news items that are worth talking about out of the NATO uh, protests, specifically an update on the three people who've allegedly were building uh, or storing Molotov cocktails. They've been charged with federal terrorism charges. But what's the real story? I mean, we didn't hear we didn't know much a few days ago when this story broke, except what the police were telling us. Now the other side is coming out. And as some had speculated, and it's usually a reasonable speculation, looks like they were set up by some sort of federal agent or federal informant, someone working with the feds. So we'll uh, give you more information. Adamo, you've got some details on that. Plus, uh, there's news over at freekeen.com, which we posted from Democracy Now! Uh, The National Lawyers Guild is speaking out about this. Hour two's next. Free Talk Live. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy Bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number here tonight for you. Bring up whatever's on your mind, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. You'll find that the features that uh, we give you there are free. You can actually go and control the content of the site, submit new items to it, and then vote on the ones you like, vote down the ones you don't like, and the most voted up will make it to the front page and the top of the site. Head over to freetalklive.com. You can get interactive there for free. That's freetalklive.com. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. A demo. And Mark. As uh, we continue, we will, of course, take your calls about anything. Also want to update you on what's going on. Where, or what was going on over the weekend at the NATO uh, protests in Chicago, where some of the guys from WeAreChange.org have uh, been pulled over by the police. And I have to say that uh, I, I like the direction that WeAreChange has gone. Uh, first, when I first heard of them was several years ago, and they seemed to be obsessed with the 9-11 thing. At least that's the impression I got from kind of the videos that that's they were That's how I felt, too, when I first out. learned of the organization. And now I see them doing really good accountability videos and, like, yeah, recording Yeah, Luke has really, uh, you know, been a, I guess for lack of a better term, leader. Or by example, as well. He's actually one of the guys in this video that got uh, pulled over by a dozen cops in, in Chicago. And when I was looking at their, their new logo at wearechange.org, it's, um, it's basically a camera. Like It looks like a professional kind of video camera with a stock of a gun on it. <laughs> it's a pretty cool logo, you know, like the uh, the, the quote the camera from... camera is the new gun. Right, camera being the new gun, quote from uh, Judge Napolitano, and they've actually made that into their logo. It's a, it's a cool-looking logo. Nice. Uh, so they're doing, I think, good work, and uh, this story is over at rawstory.com. Occupy Wall Street live streamers Tim Poole, Luke Rudowski, uh, Rudkowski, 
and Jeff Shively, along with two other friends, were driving back to their apartment around midnight on Saturday after a long day covering the anti-NATO protest in Chicago when they were suddenly surrounded by 12 police cars and told to come out with their hands raised. Get your hands up! Hands! Effing hands! The officers yelled at them. The police, and there's video of this, uh, it's, it's pretty intense. Don't worry, I believed them. Uh, the police never explained why the men were being detained, but handcuffed and interrogated them, searched their car, repeatedly slammed one of their computer hard drives against the car floor, and attempted to delete their footage of the incident before it could be archived at Ustream. According to Fire Dog Lake, Pool tweeted... So co- Ustream, they were uploading as, as things went on? They were, they were live streaming. streaming, yeah. They were actually okay. recording, they were live streaming. The cop did not realize that breaking sure. the device only uploads it to the internet. <laughs> So, uh, according to Fire Dog Lake, uh, Poole tweeted a couple hours later the police were still following them on the police scanner at around 2 a.m. They allegedly wanted to, uh, wanted the targeted journalists to announce where they were staying for the night so they could raid where they were staying. <laughs> a few hours after that, however, Poole posted at Facebook that they were at a safe place. Fire Dog Lake also recounts a similar incident involving other live streamers and concludes that in each of these instances the police did not inform those detained why they were being detained the police stopped them to find criminal activity that they could then use against the journalists to make arrests so for instance you know shake them down see if they got some pot on them or something like that and so far they have not been able to find any justification for arresting any of these people but they have been able to briefly frighten and infuriate these journalists and also to impound a vehicle Yep, sounds like they were fishing to pull them off the streets from reporting what they, you know, their perspective of the events from, you know, the street level. Absolutely. And so the video's up there at rawstory.com, but I'm going to post a link at uh, the Free Talk Live BBS at bbs.freetalklive.com in the show prep section there, or the show notes section. You'll be able to uh, to see this if you would like to do so. And that's not the only news out of uh, the NATO protests in uh, Chicago. Big big news went national involving someone from our very own Keene, New Hampshire. Uh, Jared Chase and two other uh, guys were arrested by the uh, the cops there in uh, the feds in Chicago for uh, ostensibly, I guess, manufacturing and or storing uh, Molotov cocktails, as I understand it. Which is really weird because a Molotov cocktail takes like five seconds to make if you have like a lawnmower that has like gas in the house or something. You need a a bottle, you need gasoline, you need a rag rag and maybe some Tide detergent, some powdered powdered detergent. So big red flag just for anybody who's listening out there. If somebody's asking you to store these things... uh, it's probably a setup because there's no need. These things are already stored in your house, most likely, for like 80% of homes or something. It's ridiculous. And, and that's the claim is that uh, some, someone asked them to store them for them? It is my understanding. I've only been reading uh, various blogs about this, but uh, Carlos Miller, who's a guy who's visited Keene, a great uh, police accountability blogger. Right, from Pixic.com, uh, P-I-X-I-Q. Exactly. And uh, he is blogging about this, and he actually has a picture that's been searching or uh, being passed around the internet of a guy named Mo, who was arrested with these three individuals. Uh, there's a picture of it on his website, uh, carlosmiller.com or pixie.com. And uh, he was arrested, taken away, handcuffed, and that's the picture that's shown here by some other folks that were nearby. But yet he never made it to jail, and he has not been written on any indictments. And mm, there's also never been some, seen again. Right. And then there were stories about uh, the lawyer that is representing these guys now who has said, that an informant, now I can only assume that it is Mo after reading Carlos's thing, uh, was very adamant, almost to the point of force, uh, when asking the favor of storing such items that were raided. It was also mentioned by the person who owned or was renting the house 
he was arrested. They took a bunch of things because he must homebrew beer, and that's why he was detained. And then he was later let go. So uh, what they told the newspaper was all this terrorist type making materials and things is really all the equipment you use to uh, homebrew beer. And the actual only terrorist items they found were these pre-made Molotov cocktails. Look at all these bottles. They were going to make even more Molotovs. Exactly. You know, it's just, Hmm. hey, you know, Mo went in there, realized that they have a bunch of bottles around. I'll bring in the most convenient thing that could make this look really bad. And, hey, we've saved NATO, and we've protected Chicago, and we thwarted another attack that we started. Attack (laughs) thwarting. According to, and and anybody that's been paying attention to the way these government bust-ups of alleged terror rings have occurred would, would have been able to guess this in advance that uh, was this guy really making Molotov cocktails or was there something else afoot? Uh, According to Michael Dutch from the National Lawyers Guild, I I guess the National Lawyers Guild were offering their services to the protesters over the weekend where if if, uh, they were giving out phone numbers and if you were to getting, if you were to have been arrested, uh, you could call them and they will come to your aid and uh, essentially be your attorney for free, I guess, if you were involved in, in protesting there. So Michael Dutch uh, interviewed over at Democracy Now! that This has been posted to freekeen.com for those who'd like to see the full interview. But uh, he said that obviously we don't have access to all the information the state has, but what we do know is that there were police, undercover police officers, that ingratiated themselves with people who come from out of town. And uh, from our information, these so-called incendiary devices and the plans to attack police stations, attack the mayor's office, is all coming from the mind of the police informants and are not coming from our clients who are nonviolent protesters. They are not anarchists. They don't belong to a black bloc organization. They're involved with nonviolent protest. And what we believe is, is that this is a way to stir up prejudice against the people who are exercising their First Amendment rights. So you got the National Lawyers Guild saying... You know, this isn't what the government is saying it is. Uh, CarlosMiller.com reporting uh, details on the alleged snitch or the uh, the, the, the the informant here. Yeah, that's set pretty them up. concrete to me. A picture of a man who's arrested with the same individuals doesn't make it to jail, doesn't get charged in any yep. of the indictments. You know. Well, another thing that's clear to me is that they mention one philosophical belief during this list of things that pe- these people are not. They are not mass murderers. They did not uh, possess, uh, you know, arms. They did not do this. They did not do the at. And they are they're not, not anarchists. anarchists. They didn't say they're not Democrats. They didn't say they're not Republicans. They didn't say they're not peace activists. They didn't say any of these things. They said they are not anarchists. And this, to me, says another reason why somebody wouldn't want to use that word to describe themselves. Yeah, I, I definitely am not interested in uh, calling myself an anarchist because it's got all that baggage associated with it. But I just think it, it is interesting. And the picture of that uh, that guy being led away by a cop in handcuffs, as you're pointing out, he hasn't shown up in any uh, paperwork, no arrests, uh, no, not on record, no evidence he was even taken to the police station. I don't think they disappeared him. Yeah. You know, I don't think they put a black uh, bag over his head and took him off to some secret military brig where they took the other three guys and they took them to jail. But you'll never know. Odds are good this guy was the uh, the undercover agent. Well, like, and I'm sure he'll come out like most undercovers or snitches do in future documents. The closer you get to trial, the more names they have to give up. They have to give it up. Right. 855-450-FREE. Unless, of course, these guys take a plea deal. But it looks like they've got the uh, National Lawyers Guild on their side. So hopefully these attorneys will not be advising them to take a plea deal in this case. Uh, we'll, of course, continue to, to follow it. 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Free Talk Live. 
Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and 2XM channels. FTL has also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at Mark at FreeTalkLive.com. It's Free Talk Live. Bring up anything you want. Toll free number 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll free line. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features we have there for you, including archives that go all the way back to late 2006. You can download as many as you like. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com. And last night I made a a tweak, kind of a compromise on the archive quality. I think I may have gone overboard uh, with the unlimited storage that we get with SoundCloud. We switched uh, a couple few weeks ago. We switched archive providers uh, because... we don't want to host when you're doing podcasting like we are. You don't want to host your podcast on the same server that your website is on, just because there's a lot of, uh, I guess, bandwidth that is being consumed by people downloading those files. Makes everything laggy. So you want to just kind of put those somewhere else with a professional podcast host. So that's what we'd done. We'd, we'd switch to SoundCloud.com. We're still with SoundCloud. They've been great. It's an awesome service. It's just that they give you unlimited storage. So I went a little little crazy with that and started encoding the show at 96 kilobits per second whereas we used to be at 48 and so what ended up happening was it doubled the size of the uh, the files that we're offering and for some people even though they have broadband internet connections it just made the wait too long because we're a pretty long show i mean this is uh it's a three-hour live show on the radio and then once you finally cut out all the commercial breaks and you cut out the the news breaks you get two hours of solid show content uh and so it takes a long time i guess for some people to download that and it was uh, upsetting to some folks so i figured well it wouldn't be a huge cut to tweak it back to 64 kilobits per second. So it's still better sounding than it, uh, than it was. And in fact, I, I doubt very many people are going to be able to tell the difference between 64 and 96. Because human voice, you don't need to have all that bit rate for, for, to, rep, uh, to accurately reproduce the, the range of uh, the human voice. Uh, human voice usually is like from you know, the low end of the scale to like 7,000 hertz. Plus nobody's singing here. Um, yeah. you know, it's, it's talking. True, and but the the full range of human voice, you you know, is pretty much up to about seven thousand hertz. Beyond that is more more for musical instruments. Sure. So the, the the human ear can hear up to twenty thousand hertz. Uh, and when you get older, your ears usually go down to like eighteen thousand. So <laughs> so younger people can hear things uh, that uh, that older people can't. That's why they've installed devices. I think at some schools uh, to control the the students that make a very high pitch noise. I've heard about this at least. I don't know if it if it's actually happening but some sort of a, a device that the teachers and the older staff can't actually hear <laughs> but is like ear splittingly uh pain, painful to younger people who I could definitely hear. wouldn't put it past them I yeah mean, they, so they can hear twenty thousand hertz and uh or, yeah twenty thousand hertz so the idea was that uh, gcn our network actually sends us the music beds that we put in our uh, podcast at 64 kilobits per second. So there's really no point in doing it at 96. We've cut it back. So to anybody that really th- had a thing for 96 kilobits per second, you can always amp and get them at 128. You can get the abs- absolute maximum, you know, 20,000 
hertz quality archive still if you are a free talk live amplifier uh for the regular listeners you'll now have 33 percent faster downloads and it'll still sound great so yeah. hope you like the the uh, slight tweak at freetalklive.com and the archives still go all the way back to 2006 and they're all still completely free so there you go let's continue with dave listening in montana dave you're on free talk live come right in <laughs> um, follow the state propaganda <laughs> Hey, you hear about the propaganda bill they slipped in on the defense bill? Yep. Actually, Mark's got the news story right here. Man, I can't believe it, man. These guys. First of all, I can't believe that they could sneak in a bill on another bill. That should be outlawed in America. They've been doing it for a long time. Right, in most states. We buy it. We've been buying it for so long, and now they're finally sneaking in some, some real Nazi... Uh, communist stuff or whatever propaganda in in the verbiage of an American bill. What, what it this is like the first thing that dies in war is the truth, mm. and this is like the tell. You know, like in a poker game, the tell, the big tell is man. They they they're 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 in this war against us, man. They're they're saying they want a license to lie to us. They've been lying to us all a while, but now that. It's going to be okay. Okay to lie, and if you, not, this is what I see coming: obstruction of federal propaganda. That's what you, that's what they're going to come after the talk radio guys. You're obstructing. You you don't go along with the propaganda. Mm. You're obstructing propaganda. Uh, the threats of the status propaganda. quo, right? You know, I've wondered about this, and... And then they're going to give out grants, probably, for federal <laughs> propaganda. People are going to go, oh, I can make money off of spreading the propaganda. I'm going to apply for a government grant. They've done that before, where they've actually given out money to talk show hosts to cover certain things they that have. are in their favor. Uh, so it's all been happening. I think, I think that's much more likely. is a double-edged sword, man. we got to figure out our own propaganda that will just take their propaganda and make a big mishmash out Well, propaganda is just another word for information, you know. What I like to say, is, uh, this is always told, like, cop block is cop is propaganda. Well, yeah, it is, and it's Absolutely. called cop lock, but I'm not sitting here like Bill O'Reilly saying, yo, this is the no-spin zone, it's right. fair and unbalanced. Like <laughs> That's propaganda because it's, it, it's a lie. Really, propaganda for most people is just information, but to me, you add lying to it or deception, and like that's the no-spin zone because Bill O'Reilly is physically inpo- or incapable as a human being to not put his own spin on things. It's just natural. So, of course, he's going to, the zone is spinning, Bill. It's spinning like a mofo. Right, fair and balanced. <laughs> Yeah. Dave, uh, I, we're going to give you some details. No, no on this we're going to have to claim. We're going to have to claim equal propaganda rights. Well, there are some people that I want to bring my back equal propaganda, man. You know, they used to have the fairness doctrine, as it was called, uh, that uh, re- that mandated that all radio stations had to allow both sides, so called, of an issue. Or... And then they're going to are going to have to allow my side because my side don't go along with both sides. <laughs> Dave, thanks for the call tonight, man. We're going to give you more details on that here in moments. Appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. Now, this is going in a defense bill, Mark? Well, I... That's what Dave said. Yeah, it's it's Buzz... I've got the the story here. The BuzzFeed, Michael Hastings, this is from boingboing.net, says uh, reports on a revision to the Smith-Mundt Act of 1948 and the Foreign Relations Authorization Act of uh, 1987, which prohibit the use of government disinformation and propaganda campaigns within the USA. 
the of course you could do it outside. You know, the Voice of America is uh, you know strong outside of uh, the USA. They can say whatever they want out mm-hmm. there. The amendment sponsored by uh, this uh, repre- representative Mac Thornberry from Texas and representative Adam Smith from Washington State. We just heard good things about that guy uh, last night. Would allow the U.S. government to knowingly tell lies to its people wow. in order to promote the government's own policies. Quoting, the new law would give sweeping powers to the State Department and the Pentagon. So now they can knowingly tell lies. Before, as long as they could claim it was not, oh, we didn't know we were lying, it would have been all right. Well, and the police could lie to you. you know, like Sure, they're right. encouraged to. Especially if it would lead to convictions or you incriminating yourself. Like, yeah, they were told, you know, you will do whatever you need to to get this information. Absolutely. So. The, the cops are trained to lie to you. But uh, they're saying that this would now be, you know, official policy yes. for all government agencies that they could... Uh, the fact that they even bring this up just as it's stunning to me at are, are people still asleep on this one i mean they must be there's people you you said that some people came to your house campaigning for obama today yeah i couldn't believe it uh, you're like, are you getting paid no we're volunteering we're happy with this stuff you know <laughs> let's come back with more i want to hear more about this uh story here in a moment 855-450-FREE the SACL cai toll free line i mean has anybody in the government actually ever been prosecuted for Making stuff up? It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, toll-free number tonight for you to take control of the airwaves, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com features including the mobile site. For those of you with a smartphone, you can go to m as in mobile.freetalklive.com and that's where you can reach our live streams uh, quickly. You can also get the software that you need to tune in to said live streams over at m.freetalklive.com. Uh, as we continue here, we will take your phone calls about anything. Mark, you are telling us about uh, news that apparently there's a proposal, and Dave had called in from Montana to say it was part of a defense bill. You're saying they're trying to, uh, I guess, update some old legislation. Do we know if this, like they have to like include these updates in the defense bill in order to get them to pass, or how this is working? Or is there anything about a defense bill, I guess, in the uh, the news that, that you're looking at? Because if they put this in a defense bill, there's no way it won't pass. Yeah, I can't. Like it'll pass. I, I, you know, I know that it has to do with the defense, the defense department, but I don't know that it has to do anything with uh, specifically a uh, defense bill. Um, and and read, give me a rundown of what it does again. It updates some old legislation. Right. It updates the Smith-Mundt, M-U-N-D-T, Act of 1948 and the Foreign Relations Authorization Act of 1987, and it pro- uh, which prohibit the use of government disinformation and propaganda campaigns within the U.S., to get rid of that stuff, oh, but outside of it's okay. Right. Well, now it's, everything's going to be fair game. Yeah. So the new law would give sweeping powers to the State Department and Pentagon to push. So every time they've lied to you, 
And this isn't just specifically about military propaganda. This is like any kind of propaganda. That's how I understand it. So like every time they've told a lie, like in all the anti-drug war right, uh, this education. Is your brain on drugs. Uh, then that's all been completely illegal according to this. So it's not like they've ever charged themselves with the violation of the Munt Act or whatever it is in, in the past. So ultimately, they're just kind of doing a CYA here. I mean, because they've been lying this whole time. Now it's just going to be official policy that they can lie. I guess. You know, I mean, I, I can't speak to... We're going to fix this boo-boo we have here in government. We see that we're being a little hypocritical. Therefore, instead of uh, lying across the country to overthrow other governments... We're just going to say we'll lie everywhere, including here. You're not safe either here. Yeah. Like, I, I can't speak to why Normal hasn't uh, called them on some of the stuff that they t- said in D.A.R.E. class. I never took a D.A.R.E. class. I don't know anything about it. Well, there's so. been plenty of people calling them on it, but what are you supposed to do about it? It's Take the them to court. They broke the law. <laughs> yeah, you got standing works. if you've been lied to. No, you don't. The law they wrote, you know, how many times have we caught government officials Breaking the law, where like nothing happens. I will you know? ag- agree that unless you get some uh, some you know not for profit agency like the ACLU or you know whatever organization it is behind you to push your uh, lawsuit, that you probably don't have much luck. But some of these some of these organizations do have luck when they take it uh, take it all the way. Let's go to Matthew, listening in West Harvard, Connecticut. Uh, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Matthew. Uh, hey, uh, Ian Mark Demo. Hey, uh, what's on your mind? I- yeah, uh, I just had a little uh, little anecdote. Um, I'm I work at a, a grocery store where I'm like a uh, I'm like a carriages guy. You know, I round up the carriages and all that. Yep. Um, um, I saw a car, and uh, there were two bumper stickers on it. Um, one one of the bumper stickers said something to the effect of "War War is not the answer." The other said "Obama 2012." Yes. Jeez. And, and These are pretty common like, uh, sites oh around boy. here in Keene. Yeah, it's just like uh, something doesn't doesn't quite add up, right? You know? <laughs> and uh, that's the kind of person I'd like to have a conversation with. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't see the person, right. so it was just uh, I never saw it really really come out. But uh, that was uh, yeah. It's just uh, I just brought it up because you know Mark had said like you know someone was doing some. I'm walking around for Obama. Or I don't know exactly fundraising or something. So, yeah, it's this kind of thing. It's just they're they're not you know thinking critically. They're not they don't they're not really looking at you know what is this administration's policies. You know NDAA. You know uh, that uh, you know this guy wants to uh, to indefinitely detain people. And you know they're meanwhile. No, this person thinks he's he's a peace uh, person. Is still right. Right. And I'm that's con- I'm like, like like still. You know, it's not just. It, it's not. You know, what's that saying that Bush uh, always, always, always forgot how to say? Right, you know, fool like, me fool once, me uh, can't fool yeah. me again, or something like that. Yeah. I think he said, that's how he screwed yeah. it up. Try, yeah. yeah, exactly. But and and that's what it's getting to now. It's like how long will it, will it take? You know. Great call tonight, Matthew. Appreciate uh, hearing from you tonight right. at eight five five four fifty free. Well, I wonder about the the peace people. I mean, I, I being a Quaker, I talk to a lot of peace activists, and I think that what they say to themselves is, "Okay, um, I'm at heart a Democrat. I'm for peace." And Obama's clearly not for peace, but my only other option is Mitt Romney, and he's not going to be any better than Obama on the war issue. And in fact, he's likely to be worse. Plus. He's a Republican and against some of the other things that I'm against. So really, they're doing this cost benefit analysis that so many people do is which, uh, you know, which 
colostomy bag is the better colostomy bag for me. They are you know. probably doing the worst cost benefit <laughs> ratio possible because what sure. I found is, yeah, like you said, most people come in on one single issue for politics. I like Obama because of his foreign policy plan or his stance on this or stance on that. And then you ask him about these other things or the whole picture, like look at the man as a whole and they probably would hate you know a large majority of what the individual stands for and yet they have to support him because of the one issue that means the world to them, like, all right, he's going to save whales or he's going to let my sick grandma, you know, smoke the weed, you know, maybe <laughs> like, I don't know which promise he's going to give this time around, but you know, so it's, Hey, fine. If you, if it's fine, if one thing's close to you, like the drug war is close to me, but I still have to be consistent about, you know, I don't use every single drug on this planet, but I want you to have the freedom to do so, you know, and I well, apparently Obama has used uh, some, uh, some hard drugs himself. I found a, uh, you, I guess a, a photo here on one of those memes on Facebook says smoked weed himself throws you in prison anyways and then there's a quote uh, below it apparently he's written a book entitled dreams from my father where he's quoted as saying and i haven't checked the quote on this but uh, he's quoted as saying i had learned not to care i blew a few smoke rings remembering those years pot had helped and booze maybe a little blow when you could afford it wow yeah, I, that's so. what i thought that he uh, I, I thought that it was you know common knowledge that he had done cocaine I had uh, heard that he had done cocaine, but I, I hadn't heard him speak about it, right? So I hadn't heard a quote from him about it, and just kind of this offhanded way that uh, that he's referring to it, like, oh, it's no big deal, it's a little, yeah. little blow. Hey, I mean, whatever, it's his body, I, I give him props, you know, most presidents dodge it, I mean, which, what was the first president, wasn't like Bush or, no, Clinton, that's like, Clinton, I, I smoked pot, right, but I didn't inhale, Clinton that's what started didn't inhale. it. A co- yeah. a coke uh, was done by George Bush, sure. that was admitted by Bush, uh, and, you know, now you've got another president who has done X in the past, and now is throwing people in cages for doing the very same thing, and refuses to even lighten up on marijuana. And doesn't even see the hypocrisy in it, probably, like, I mean, it's just... You know, insane, man. If he the, does the see the hypocrisy drugs. in it, he's certainly not going to answer any questions about it like that. He's right. not going to admit to it. It's, I mean, it's sick. It is very sick. Let's continue with Jeremy listening in Philadelphia. You're on Free Talk Live with the Inadamo and Mark. Hey, uh, you guys had a caller call in the other day. I think he was a Mormon guy who was talking about using uh, that type of approach to turn people on to the ideas of liberty. And I thought that was a really interesting call. Because he he was talking about his experience as a missionary, and oh, you can't just come at people in a logical way. You have to have, sort of have this approach with liberty that's kind of emotional based. And he ended that the call, the show ended. I don't think he got a chance to call in, but I thought it was funny when he said that you filming the police was aggressing against them. I don't think that conversation was ever finished, but I thought it was interesting when he, uh, this idea like how strong people's beliefs are in God. You try to talk to people about their beliefs. I mean, it ends conversations. They won't talk. Like, the, the beliefs in God are so entrenched, and it seems to me like uh, talking to people about the ideas of liberty, their belief in a state, while someone has to control, there has to be cops, or there has to be that, like, the, the, like this idea of, of uh, the, this, this idea of the state... Having such a large presence, uh, uh, presence seems to me as for most people, lo- uh, just as logical as the idea of their belief in God. It's sure, just, Jeremy. If you want to expound so upon your strong. ideas, hang on. We can bring it back here in a moment. Uh, the religion slash state similarities. Eight five five four fifty free. I mean, essentially, the belief in a state is a religious belief because it doesn't really exist. Only humans exist who are oppressing others. This is Free Talk Live. 
Bardo Fest is a camping gathering at Bardo Farm, an off-the-grid, eco-friendly farm in Croydon, New Hampshire. Attendees will enjoy live music performances, sustainability workshops, comedy, firearms education, terrific farm-raised food, vendors, and camping under the stars. Treat yourself and relax at Bardo Fest, May 25th through the 28th. A full festival pass, including camping, is just $50. Go to bardoproject.com. B-A-R-D-O project.com. This is Free Talk Live, toll-free number tonight, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And joining you here in the studio, it's Ian. A demo. And Mark. And once again, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features you'll find there. We've got a lot of them. Uh, they include the webcam. You can watch, you can listen, you can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners over at cam.freetalklive.com. That's cam.freetalklive.com. It's free like everything else on our website. But if you enjoy Free Talk Live and you'd like to help support the show, you can do that by shopping with us. Go to shop.freetalklive.com and that's where you can enter Amazon. There are different Amazon links. You can click into the right one for you. Maybe you live in the UK or Canada. There are Amazons for you. And, of course, there's the U.S. Amazon as well. You click into the right Amazon that uh, you want to shop at and then get your shopping done. Get whatever it is you're looking for. Get a great price, delivery to your door, and you'll help Free Talk Live because it's the same great Amazon prices and shipping deals and everything you're used to. It's just that Amazon's going to cut Free Talk Live a portion of their sale because we sent them the business. So go and get your shopping done. Help Free Talk Live at the same time at shop.freetalklive.com. Although there's something, uh, some things you just can't get at Amazon, like gourmet coffee. Yeah, I you know I, I couldn't speak to what kind of coffees they offer over at Amazon, but I can say that uh, you know. I've only had so many really great cups of coffee in my life, and one of uh, you know one of those places that I've managed to get them is the coffee that I got from O'Neill Coffee. And O'Neill Coffee, you can get to their website through coffee.freetalklive.com. They are a third-generation family-owned business, and they roast each batch with the finest beans and the utmost care. A lot of companies, after they get a little older, as they grow, they lose their passion and mandate. That's not true with O'Neill Coffee. Um, my favorite is the the French roast decaf, but you might enjoy that one. But there are more than forty different varieties, and whether flavor or gourmet over there. And when I, when they say gourmet, they really do mean it. Um, to show their the Free Talk Live audience their commitment to freedom and making great coffee, they're offering a free mug and free shipping on orders of seventy five dollars or more. When you go to coffee.freetalklive.com and you make your order, just to enter FTL in the special instructions there. They'll get your, your mug and your free shipping as a result. It's coffee.freetalklive.com. All right, so we continue with Jeremy listening in Philly. You're commenting on a caller who had uh, had called to talk about different activism approaches. He uh, doesn't like the approach of recording uh, government bureaucrats and holding them accountable. He would much rather go and go door to door like a Mormon might and attempt to convert people uh, to the ideas of liberty in that way. I find that approach uh, particularly invasive and uh, and pushy. I don't uh, I don't think that's a very good approach. But I suggested to him that he should try it and you know let us know how it goes. And asked him when he was going to move up to uh, to New Hampshire and show us how it's done. And uh, when I asked him that question, he had no answer for it because he's yet another person who's, uh, in my opinion, just another critic and doesn't actually have any any real activist uh, cred to his uh, his own self that he can show us that you know hey you're wrong. Look how successful I've been at converting everybody here in California. To 
to the ideas of liberty by going door to door. Yeah, I appreciate feedback and stuff, but yeah, there's a fine line between a you know feedback and and a troll, and or oh, maybe not so fine. But you know, mm-hmm. if it was repetitive and like, hey, you should do this, you should do this. Well, you know, my answer always because it's cop lock is related is, hey, go and show us, you know, the readers and viewers and supporters of Cop Lock, what you're talking about. That's what it's intended to do. But, because- uh, Damo, you should do it because it's such a great idea, and sure. you're such a great activist. You should take my ideas and run with them because they, they're the best. Hey, sometimes I'll fall for that bait. I mean, one time I called the state police on the local police. I knew what was going to happen, but I did it because some person kept saying this to me. So I was like, all right, fine. The next time I'm going to call them, you're going to see what happens. Right. You know, because you never get arrested, so you never have a reason. You know, you never do any activism, so you don't have a reason to call other police on other police. But and anyway. this, is, this is even common here amongst the activists in New Hampshire. I mean, somebody will have a good idea or an idea that they consider to be good. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been guilty of it. Uh, Ian, I know you've been guilty of it. And, uh, you know, suggesting that other people do the activism mm-hmm. that they think is a good idea. And, you know, here's a universal truth. You can take this, uh, and it has to do with, you know, things beyond the ideas of liberty, has to do with uh, things beyond the ideas of, you know, the, the bounds of New Hampshire or the U.S. or whatever, is the good ideas are your ideas, and the bad ideas are everybody else's. So nobody's going to do a bad idea. So, Jeremy, you kind of uh, were, were, I guess, riffing off that gentleman's call and pointing out the similarities between state, uh, which is a belief system, and religion, which is uh, specifically organized religion, which is also a belief system. Yeah, I, I could see your, uh, your um, uh, or criticism or, or or pointing out that a door to door that personal in, uh, invasive type of approach might might not work on a mass scale but it's it's just interesting though because with 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 religion when you're when someone's being when someone's being converted there's not really many evidence or or facts it's all personal experience and do you think that same type of feel good personal experience could be used to have to to have to turn someone onto liberty, or is that by an oxymoron or, or something that's not really possible? Because to be really turned onto liberty, you have to come at it from a logical way. I just I wasn't sure. What, was he talking about like Mormon, as in go door to door and talk to them about liberty, or was he talking about like? use some type of way to make them feel really good like now, my understanding my was he was talking specifically about going door to door and marketing the liberty ideas in that fashion a la the mormons which is what his experience now, was. i would say that nothing uh, that you know people believe that they're converted by logic and some people certainly like the you know logical ideas better than other people like logical ideas but nothing sells without emotion and there's value to what he says there now can the ideas of liberty be sold uh, you know emotionally i think that they can i think that you can find the issues that people are passionate about well you have to tell a story that uh, people can connect with uh, that they can identify with and of course, if somebody has also been has experienced the aggression of those calling themselves the state, then they've already had some emotions that are very negative in re- in relation to the idea of the state. They are then in a much easier place to uh, to bring on board with these ideas. Whereas if you're just starting from scratch uh, with the average uh, person who still believes in the idea of the state, that can be very that uh, can be a difficult proposition. Right. I think I fall right in the middle here of what everyone's saying, and that's because. You know, I've done some projects that the internet and YouTube have been absolutely instrumental in making them "quote unquote" successful or helping reach other people. But I'd still say nothing replaces the face-to-face interactions, which is why a lot of the projects I had done had tours involved and meetups, and we mm-hmm. would sit down and actually look across the table with somebody. But on the other hand, like I think I've said even before on this show, uh, is that you know three ways people get involved in this stuff. You know, it's either the government does something to them. 
the government does something to somebody they love or you've been in like the military, you know, or work <laughs> or work for the government. Right. You know, you've been employed by the government. So you've seen the, you know, jacking around the the government can do to people on a first hand basis, however you look at it, for the most part. So it's a, it's a combination yeah, it's, of both. It's, it's the emotional aspect. So like if you, you could go door to door, but the person who's going to let you in and sit you down for coffee and tea is going to be the one whose son's doing a 16-year bid for, you know, right. having some plant substance that is deemed illegal or, you know, et cetera. It, it, it's weird be, because there's this conflicting idea because the state hurts them so bad and with their taxes or their loved ones dying in a war or someone they know um, uh, being prosecuted for drugs that's a good person. I mean, this, the, the state hurts people in so many ways, but then at the same time they turn around and say how much it's needed. But, well, that's the price you pay by participating in society. And it's just, it's, it, it's, I'm dumbfounded at how it could hurt people so bad, and then they turn around and welcome it and say they need it, and then turn around with the same time and defend it. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny how they can call something society, uh, like, you know, govern, uh, the state, as we understand it. I mean, this is the, the single most deadly thing in the 20th century. I mean, more deadly than heart disease was governments around the world this is the thing this is the price we pay for civil society what what's civil about it it's the most insane version of stockholm syndrome i mean that's that's the only way to understand it is uh, stockholm syndrome of course is the idea that eventually uh, people who are held hostage will come there's a chance they'll come to uh, identify with their captors they'll feel for them uh, they'll you know connect with them and then you know they'll want to help them or feel bad if they get hurt or whatever uh, stockholm syndrome is what people are suffering from in that the state claims on one hand to take care of them uh but also on the other hand the the people calling themselves a state are also the people that are constantly aggressing against them threatening them intimidating them forcing them uh to do certain things but it's it's gone on for so long and the propaganda that now apparently they can now or they will in the future be able to legally lie to people uh, that, uh, you know, all the state oriented propaganda has been very effective at getting them to believe this story that the, the state exists to protect them when, of course, we know that's not true. Right. And here's one thing that I often uh, say is I like to differentiate between the state and government because people always say, well, we can't go without government. And I, you know, that means different things to libertarians than it does to yeah. the normal. Govern yourself. What's that? Govern yourself or hire someone to govern you. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that there's different ways of government. Like, oh, yeah, here in the course of 5,000 years of civilization, all the ways that government could possibly be meted out, uh, basically two have been tried, maybe three if you count uh, socialism as something different. Three different types, that's it? Those are the only choices of government? Jeremy, thanks for your call and thoughts tonight. I appreciate it. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. Immigration, up next. The Liberty Movement is bursting at the seams with women from all walks of life who are courageously dedicating their time and energy in the pursuit of a freer society. Every day, the message is spread by this small but growing demographic. This year, at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, the creators of Silver Circle will be giving away the first ever Zoe Taylor Award. 
Zoe Taylor is the lead female rebel in the upcoming animated film Silver Circle, whose dedication to destroying the Federal Reserve makes her a positive female role model. Nominate who you think deserves the Zoe Taylor Award today by sending an email with the name and a 300-word minimum essay of why you think this person deserves the Zoe Taylor Award to award at silvercirclemovie.com. The deadline for nominations is June 1st at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Visit silvercirclemovie.com for more details. Take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free, 855-453-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. You can control the content of the site. All you have to do is head over there and submit stuff to it. So you find something online you think is interesting, you want to share with our listeners, just submit it as show prep at freetalklive.com. And then others can vote as to whether or not they like or dislike what it is that you've suggested. The most voted up, make it to the front page in the top of the site. So head over, get interactive. It's all free, freetalklive.com. Uh, still to come here tonight, we can talk about illegal, so-called, uh, so-called illegal immigrants. And some of them are having the courage to speak out and out themselves publicly to make a statement. And I'd like to uh, talk a little bit about that. But, of course, your calls come first. So let's go to Brian, listening in Oklahoma City. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Adamo, and Mark. Hey, guys. Can I share my um, Star Spangled Banner parody with you guys? Okay. Are you going to sing for us? Yeah. Well, I'm kind of going to read it like a poem because I don't sing very well. But here it goes. All right. Oh, say, can you see? All the mass-murdered and tortured bodies, which so proudly they slaughtered while worshipping their flag. An orphan cries as she watches her family die. The bombs bursting in air, vaporizing children, but they don't care. Thank you. Wow. Does it actually go to the tune if you were to have sung it? Because it's, it's hard to really tell from the, the way you, you spoke it. Yeah, yeah, you kind of, you know, uh, you can go to the tune. Okay, and, yeah, that's yeah. good to know. It's definitely, uh, you know, a shocker, I mean, when you when you hear that. But that's really what's, you know, happening when bombs are exploding in neighborhoods and things like yeah. that. And, you know, when I'm reading this article here of the uh, the, the Iraq um, and Af- Afghanistan uh, veterans against the war here, giving back their medals, um, throwing t- throwing their medals back at NATO, um, you know, I mean, I think that it's uh, it's 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 timely. Uh, at the same time, I think that uh, you know people have these kind of religious uh, thoughts surrounding things like the Star Spangled Banner, the Pledge of Allegiance, uh, America the Beautiful. These uh, these kind of uh, songs and and poems or whatever they might be, these uh, prose. And so, I mean, you know, I wonder whether you can uh, whether you're getting across your message, uh, you know, in the best way to the people who might want to hear it, because it doesn't seem like you're. It doesn't seem very convincing in the sense that uh, the the person who might hear it already is convinced and the people that would not be able to because this is sort of a you know this meaningful song to them it might not be convincing because it's that song yeah i I was talking to a guy at work today and and i said you know i was talking about that movie battleship and i was like that probably brings back some you know flag worshiping memories because he was in the navy and stuff and he was like 
Rosa sent it, and I asked him if he'd like to hear my Star Spangled Banner parody, and he said no. You know, he didn't even want to even hear it at all. So, and, and I respected that. So, well, diff- different types of uh, you know of of media have better and worse audiences that uh, that can receive it. Right? I mean, so for instance, uh, when you're creating media that is of a liberty mindset, some people just aren't going to dig it. And uh, so, if, for instance, Derek J was telling us the other day, or I think it was telling me. That he was having a conversation with one of the guys in the jail, uh, Sergeant Trombi, who is one of the uh, corrections officers in there, one of the nicer uh, jail guards that I'd had some conversations with uh, while I was in the in- on the inside. And uh, Trombi, you know, he's always got something to say because he reads freekeen.com like a lot of the government guys do around here. And so he always had uh, something to say about the, the blog site and his thoughts about it. And his comment was uh, he liked a lot of what Derek did up until the crossing guard video. And the crossing guard video was, you know, really bad in his mind. But other people see the crossing guard video and they think it's hilarious. So it just depends. The little old lady could do no wrong, right? Why is that? That Derek's automatically the victimizer of that scenario. For those that don't know, the situation is uh, we were outside of the local middle school doing some school outreach. And there's this grumpy old lady crossing guard who Derek said hello to. Uh, on video and she turns around yells at him and starts coming after him and literally uh, assaults Swats him, him. <laughs> uh yeah and but yet uh, plenty of people blamed Derek and you know made him out to be the bad guy in that situation how dare you pick on an old lady yeah, she started it, and Come we had on. no idea that was going to happen before you know, the video was posted. We had no idea it was going to be one of the most controversial uh, activism instances within the last uh, six months. But yet, that's the way it played out. So sometimes, sometimes, Mark, like you can com- in advance, like you know, some people are going to be offended by right. That, there that was song. the flag burning incident. Uh, somebody did, you know, they're, they're long gone, and like so many of the activists here, um, long, long gone now. But they decided that burning a flag would be the very best way that they could, uh, you know, do their activism. And like, you know, that there's no point in this. And then you and you know several other activists milled about them with cameras as though they were as though he was some kind of a celebrity and gave you know credence to this kind of nonsense in the first place. But no. I thought it was a good protest. I mean, he was burning three flags. He burned the U.N. flag, he burned the U.S. flag, and he burned the New Hampshire flag. Did anybody talk about those other two flags? Did anyone talk about it? Yeah, I thought he gave a reason for burning them all while he yeah, burned them. Absolutely. Nobody cares about the reason that you do it when you burn an American flag. Well, true, but I mean, that goes back to the other conversation. Agreed. With the caller. Yeah. I'm, I, I don't disagree with this. But right. You it's know? because of the, the church-like mentality to it, like religion, you know, like, you know, Government is the most worshipped thing on the planet. As far as I'm concerned, government it is. Flags are banners of war, and they're really not much else than that. So they're icons of the state, just like the cross with Jesus hanging off it is an icon of Christianity. In fact, the United States flag there is a sort of civil flag of the United States as opposed to the military flag, and it is different. But the flag that you see is the military flag. It's the only one we've ever seen in in my lifetime. But there's this other flag on the internet, as I understand it, that is the civil. Flag Isn't that, that one a BS? Strength. Isn't that one nonsense? Is it? Is it? I don't know. I mean, I've heard that it was flown on boats and stuff like that, but I mean, how would I know? Brian, uh, any other thoughts you want to share tonight? Yeah, you know that song you guys sang um, that says Shut Up or Die? Oh, the uh, the police, uh, drug war cops are raiding the school? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just want to kind of criticize a little bit, don't take offense, but... Um, 
maybe you could like reword it to where you're not seem seeming like a threatening person saying to you know shut up or die, and maybe you could be like they say shut up or die. You know, kind of like how when we say uh, we're bombing them, and then it's like no, 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 it's they they are bombing them. I don't know, like the people that you're trying to, you know, talk to or whatever might take it out of context and think, you know, you guys are aggressive people. Yeah, I can see I can see where you're coming from, but I don't I've never experienced that and I've sung that song many times and handed out the lyrics to a lot of people and no one's ever given me that uh, that feedback, but I appreciate it and if you want to change the lyrics when you sing it, you're certainly welcome to do so, Brian. Thanks for the call. 855-450-free. That's the Sakel CAI toll-free line. If you don't know what he's talking about, you can go to freekeen.com, uh click over on the tools section and that's where you will find when you click tools, it'll come up with a list of different things. The chronic Christmas carol is what you want to look for. He's referring to uh, the third song on the song sheet, Drug War Cops Are Raiding the School. I mean, it's pretty clear that the song is about uh, drug war cops and the things that they are doing to people. But his claim is is that people often don't listen until the you know the hook comes in or whatever. Um, you know that they'll just be listening. You know whatever. There's people singing, and then suddenly all they hear is what is it? Shut up or die. The lyrics are, the dog's on alert, the taser's on high, line up in the hall and shut up or die, drug war cops are raiding the school. I mean, can you make it any more obvious that you're talking about the cops? Right. I mean, I, I'm sorry. It's clear to me, but... Yeah. If, you, if you can't get it from that, I don't know what else you can do. He could always start his own chronic Christmas caroling in his area. That's what I said. Change the lyrics yeah. all yeah. you want, man. Uh, so there you go. You can go and download those lyrics over at uh, the tools section of freekeen.com. It's a great little 8.5 by 11 sheet. It's kind of decked out and Christmassy because they're all tr- uh, classic Christmas carols that have been redone to be anti-drug war uh, fun songs. These songs are fun. People know they're fun. They're not uh, taking them serious. I mean, it's, it's obviously addressing a serious issue in that these drug war cops are very intimidating. They're scary. They hurt people. Uh, but it's, we're having fun with it. And that, that fun atmosphere comes out when you sing the song. Uh, it's it's just nobody's ever been confused by it. 855-450-FREE. SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. And I don't think anyone's ever felt threatened by the Shire Choir singing a fun song. Just my experience. We're coming up. Free Talk Live. Are you excited about Flaming Freedom's bigger, gayer dance party at this year's Pork Fest? Oh, yeah. Well, you should be. There's going to be hopping dance music and a giant tent full of Liberty lovers getting their gay on. By gay? Do you mean happy? Uh, d- sure, Claire. Super Gay Dre is bringing his elite team of drag queens led by Thea Lincia. There's going to be raffles for all kinds of prizes, as well as prizes for gayest costume, best drag queen, and best drag king. So get your ticket now for the insanely cheap price of just $5 at flamingfreedom.com slash dance party. You may dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight here, it's Ian. A demo. And Mark. 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that await you there. We've got all kinds of stuff that you can uh, interact with, like our listening options. Live streams are available to you. 
we have the broadband, the midband, and narrowband streams. So you can tune into different bitrate versions of the show. And there was some confusion uh, that I guess some listeners were having regarding uh, what I mean when I say live streams. Uh, a live stream is something that uh, you tune into at any time. You don't really exactly know what you're going to be hearing. Uh, usually when you turn into a live stream, f- for instance, if you randomly listen to our live streams, it's going to be the last episode of Free Talk Live. But you, unless you happen to know exactly when you're tuning in and what was on you're not going to know exactly what we're talking about uh so it's just constantly rolling so whenever you listen to a live stream unless you listen at the right time to hear the beginning of the show uh then you will listen you'll be listening in at the middle of of some point within the show typically when you tune into a live stream unless for instance like after free talk live is over after our live show is done tonight if you listen at 10 eastern time after the news you'll hear the beginning of tonight's show does that make any sense doesn't it start every three hours though? Like yeah, every one? three hours, okay. right? But unless you're paying close attention to what time you're tuning sure. in, you're not going to know what you're. You gonna just tune in whatever you li- tune in, and there it is. Whereas when you download a podcast, you're getting the full show in an MP3 form. You can start that show every time from the beginning. You can pick up that show wherever you left off. You make you know wherever you you can press pause. You paused it at 40 minutes in. You can pick up at 40 minutes in. So when you're listening to a live stream, you don't have the ability usually to uh, to pause and, and do those things. I guess there's some software that will allow you to pause live streams, but typically uh, that's not something that you can do. So when you listen to our live streams, that's what you're hearing. You're hearing us spitting the show out at you constantly 24 hours a day, whereas if you download an archive, uh, you're listening on your terms. So we offer the show in both ways. You can get however it is that works best for you. Uh, and you can, da- you can listen over at listen.freetalklive.com to our live streams. You can get information about our radio stations there, over 100 of them that carry the show uh, throughout the week at various different times. Our satellite listening options like XM Satellite Radio and the free-to-air KU band channel are listening uh, listen lines, which allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance and then you'll be listening into our live streams uh in that way as well so lots of different ways to get free talk live into your ears plus the archives which go back to 2006 all of it is over at listen.freetalklive.com and if you are a webmaster a blogger and you want to add a forum to your website but you don't want to compromise the privacy of your users the anonymity is important consider plainboards.com p-l-a-i-n plainboards com Free to use anonymous message boards for anybody who wants one. That could be you going to plainboards.com now and then typing in the name of the board that you want to create, and it's there. There's no installation process. There's no hassle. You don't have to log in. You don't have to give them any identifying information. You can go and just create a message board and then use it for whatever purpose you like over at plainboards.com. P-L-A-I-N boards.com. So 855-450-FREE uh, is the toll-free number here tonight. According to the Associated Press, as reported by the Washington Post, she was tiny and trembling and looked so very vulnerable, barely 15, having already experienced a lifetime of hardships since losing her mother at age five and crossing the desert with her father. She clutched a microphone before a crowd in New York's Union Square. My name is Diana, she said. I am undocumented and unafraid. With those words last March, another young woman stepped out of the shadows. It began several years ago, tentatively, almost furtively, with a few small rallies and a few provocative t-shirts. In the past two years, it has grown into a full-fledged movement. Yeah, I remember those rallies. It was a few years ago. I went to one in uh, Sarasota, Florida for, you know, sort of a, a rally for, I guess it was undocumented workers or something like that. And um, it was very interesting. A lot of people were, they were, it was a, it was a general strike. They were saying, we're not going to go to work today or whatever. To show how important it is that immigrants are working yeah right? and and people that agreed with them and you know so it was interesting 
you know, I didn't I didn't take off work that day, but I did go to the rally. <laughs> so in the past two years, it has grown into a full-fledged movement emboldening thousands of young people, terrifying their parents and unsettling authorities unsure of how to respond. And my whip browser has just crashed. Okay, it's back. From California to Georgia to New York, and it has crashed again. <laughs> this is not looking good. So they, uh, I mean, basically, this is a this is a, this isn't any huge crime. Most people talk about they're illegals as though it's a, you know just terrible, terrible thing. This is a misdemeanor charge. I mean, you're not talking about any big thing. Oftentimes. People will be kicked out of the country in conjunction with breaking the law with a you know a felony or something like that. But just coming out and saying I'm undocumented, unless they come after you, often won't result in anything. You know, they the, the government doesn't like their idea. It doesn't like uh, coming in on your t- going after you on your terms. They want to go after you on their terms. So, well, cross- I guess I, I thought that it was always if you were illegal and caught, you were sent out. But that seems not to be the case. Like you could be caught and then maybe just fined. Or I, I know I figured they didn't actively seek it because, of course. The government complains about immigration and it, that, that causing all these issues, but they really don't care, stop it, or, or whatever. But Sometimes they do. Sometimes they go into workplaces, raid these uh, workplaces, and then round up those, those Well, that folks. makes sense because it's a target. Like it, That's making a statement. That's like, hey, look, we're, we're working on this uh, immigration mm-hmm. problem. But really, if somebody would come out, like it's not like uh, regular cops that are patrolling around that just doing immigration that's stuff. That's true. So. I do have uh, the piece back here from the Washington Post from California to Georgia to New York. Children of families who live here illegally are coming out, marching behind banners that say undocumented and unafraid, staging sit-ins at federal offices and getting arrested in the most defiant ways. In front of the Alabama Capitol, outside federal immigration courts and detention centers in Maricopa County, Arizona. Home wow. of the sworn enemy of now illegal that's immigrants, brave. <laughs> Sheriff Joe Arpaio. In outing their families as well as themselves, they know the risk of being deported. But as states pass ever more stringent anti-illegal immigration laws and critics denounce their parents as criminals, these young people say they have no choice. Even critics who are sympathetic to their cause say that federal government has failed to secure the U.S. borders and that it's too costly to provide schooling, hospital care, and other public services to non-citizens. Offering a path to citizenship for those brought into the country illegally as children, they say, simply rewards the parents' law-breaking. Still, more young people are publicly coming out and asserting their right to stay. They include Mandeep Shalhal, a 21-year-old medical student who came to California from India when she was six. Cesar Andrade, a 19-year-old student and tennis coach in New York City who came from Ecuador when he was eight. And Jaira Avila, a feisty 16-year-old from Florence, Kentucky, whose Mexican parents considered putting her up for adoption so she could become legal. They are American in every way except on paper, they say. Why should they be branded, judged, and punished? Says Angie Rivera, a 21-year-old New Yorker, coming out was like a weight was lifted. She was born in Colombia and came here with her mother when she was three. She said it was liberating. I wasn't lying about my life anymore. While Rivera was growing up in Queens, her mother told her to trust no one, to stay away from people in authority, to never mention her immigration status. But it wasn't until Rivera started looking for jobs and applying to college that she fully understood how different she was. She couldn't work without a social security number. And as a non-citizen, she wasn't eligible to financial aid despite top grades. She struggled to find scholarships and grants, winning one with a poignant poem about her dilemma titled Unidentified Identity. And the uh, news piece here over at the Washington Post continues. Uh, We'll give you a little bit more about it here in a moment. 855-450-FREEZE. These are great stories about people who are productive, 
They are people who, uh, you know, they're they're plugged into the workplace, into the world, into you know, their communities, and they're coming out. And, they're, and this is so brave of them to do. 855-450-FREE. 1-855-450-3733. Your thoughts on immigration or whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest Liberty Forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 855-453, SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. We are sharing with you some news about people coming out of the closet, not as uh, gay folks, but as immigrants and we'll continue that here in moments. Bitcoins are the world's first potentially anonymous digital cash. With Bitcoins, you don't have to sign any contracts or divide by any terms of service. You can download the free Bitcoin software and be using them in just a few minutes. You can send and receive money anywhere in the world. No fees, no chargebacks. You don't need permission from any bank or governmental agency or corporation to do it. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.org. And now, thanks to BitInstant.com, you can have Bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash at any major bank. You can get your Bitcoins with cash. Uh, all you have to do is go to BitInstant.com and follow the instructions there. It's BitInstant.com. All right. So we'll continue here. The news is from WashingtonPost.com about young immigrants who were brought here perhaps by uh, their parents when they were fairly young and uh, therefore they're technically illegal and, of course, a lot of people get very upset about the idea, they're not following the law, you're criminals. Well, I say that uh, people who uh, want to come make a better life for themselves should be able to do that without having to beg any bureaucrat's permission or pay any kind of fees or fines or have to fill out a bunch of paperwork. I mean, to me, if we're going to be calling this a free country, then, well, it should look like a but free country. But they go to the schools and they use the roads and they do all this stuff I have to pay for, though, Ian. What well, am right. I supposed to do? Because there would be there would be more roads built. There would be fewer roads built if the illegal immigrants. If and these, there would uh, be more teachers for my children. <laughs> right. You know, I, I think there's an argument to be had when it comes to public school. However, my question to you would be this is, uh, you know, hey – Look, the public schools are there already. Do you want to? And the government at this point is completely powerless to stop these people from coming. We have evidence because the people have come. Do you want them to be uneducated? Is that what you really want? Now, maybe this would be the best thing in the world for uh, illegal immigrants or undocumented workers or whatever term you wish to use. Maybe this would be the best thing in the world for them because they'll get a better education by having to pay for one. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know the answer, but I know that 
Certainly, these people should be allowed to provide them with education. Now, I get why people don't want to provide welfare and all these other things for them, and I understand that. And it seems to me, if you just provided them with work visas as opposed to citizenship, I mean, they're always talking about this path to citizenship. Pass out work visas to these people. They won't be able to vote. If the complaint is voting, fine. Let them work. Let them build a better There's nation. There's always some sort of complaint. Even if you could get somebody to agree, well, yeah, I don't agree with welfare, so let's not have welfare. Take that off the table because I don't think anybody in this studio agrees with uh, government welfare. Uh, and that's, of course, a big attraction for some of the more undesirable types of people that might come here from elsewhere. But most people, as you pointed out, Mark, most people that immigrate here are just looking for a better life. They are working, and a lot of them are working very, very hard at yeah. making a better life. Yeah, that was my point with it is that it's not – People, when you really sit down and talk to somebody who's like anti-immigration, their problem isn't with an individual moving from one place to another. They're mostly most people, even the ones who are anti-immigration, are acceptable of that. They're mad that they're not only leeching off this social system, you know, what we call welfare, you know, public schooling and stuff, but they're also like taking these jobs. And it's the jobs. The jobs thing's a big one. Well, that's that's a big one. But you know, to me, it's stop stop the carrot. You, you got to remove the carrot from the person's face, and so the. The free schooling, the free social programs, the welfare, that, that, that attracts, quote-unquote, bad immigrants or bad movers and that want to come and sit on their couch and take advantage of a system that is able to be taken advantage of. But even if you do remove that carrot, the jobs, the jobs objection will still exist in that people don't understand the economics of it, in my opinion, that uh, people coming here and taking jobs doesn't remove jobs. It actually just, you know, they take jobs in many cases that nobody around here wants. Um, and if you don't, you know, a lot of people say, well, that's not true. Oh, yeah. Well, there's plenty of proof of this. Uh, all you have to do is go and look in Georgia. It was last, I think, last year, a couple Alabama years ago. Uh, yeah, in Alabama, where they made these crackdown laws that were similar to Arizona's laws. They came up with these local state crackdown laws on, uh, on immigration, and these immigrants were just like, screw it, we're out of here. So they went elsewhere and left all these farm jobs open. So all of a sudden, these farmers have food rotting on the vine because they can't find anybody to to take these jobs. They actually gave the jobs to the, uh, the probation, they, guys they on probation. contracted with the state in order to get probationeers to do the jobs. And the probationeers were going out there and saying, I'm not doing this. Take me back to prison. I mean, that's, well, that's, that's the crazy. hard thing for people to understand is that in the carrot analogy I just gave, when you're talking about the public school and the welfare, the carrot can be seen very clearly or bright orange. But when you say, hey, as the government causes the problem for the welfare state in its existence, and that's why it's here, so that's the cause, it's the same with your job. The government has most likely done two things. One, inflated uh, a man's wage to be higher than what they would ever thought or it should, the market would demand it be. You know, and two, um, has given them some sort, you know, Americans have some sort of like entitlement. I will not. I've heard of so many people say I will not work for under twenty five dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, there are times like I would I would do whatever it takes or a job like Gotta pay hey, the bills. Man, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't see immigration as stealing jobs, but correcting the market. Well, right. And that's one of the things that these guys don't like. The, the people that want to stop immigration are essentially a lot of them are protectionists. They don't like that somebody's coming here and outworking them. They don't like somebody coming here, not only uh, work, outworking them, but also doing more work for less money. Right. They don't like that. And uh, it, you know, it's good for them when people are competing in the industries in which they need to buy things from because it brings prices down. But when someone comes into their business and competes with them, then all of a sudden it's a big problem. Yeah. When it starts doubling the price of just about everything you buy in the grocery store, that's going to be a big issue.
You mean when uh, when groceries are being or then uh, when produce sure. is being picked by a bunch of uh, right. people that want to get paid real real well? You've yeah. seen right. the internet meme, um, you know the the little white family sitting around the table says thank you thank you Jesus for this food, and then it's a uh, you know, beneath it it's a Mexican guy named Jesus with a farm with a cowboy hat on and says de nada. Yeah, I mean you know because the fact is you know if you're if you're an internet uh, or internet uh, an immigration you know crazy out there that uh, just believes you know shut down the border. Only people that legally come here and fill out the reams and reams of papers and fit, pay the tens of thousands of dollars deserve to be American. Right, because those guys are going to yep. want to go and work in the field, right? Make sure that you're not eating any food or using any uh, you know items that have been produced in other countries or in this one by illegal labor. Yeah. And then Good you'll luck. see just how short your dollar goes and how difficult it is to buy that way. So we're talking about these uh, immigrants, younger, most of them very young, coming out uh, and publicly admitting that they are so-called illegals. Uh, the story is a rare, very detailed over at WashingtonPost.com. We're not going to have time to get through uh, all of it here, but just to give you some of their stories, they're pretty interesting. Uh, so one of them is Angie Rivera, 21-year-old New Yorker, born in Colombia, came with her mom when she was three. She uh, came out, said it was liberating, having to uh, no, no longer have to lie about her life. She would look at her three younger siblings, all citizens, because they were born here and weep. Unlike her, they didn't have to worry about college, jobs, driving, traveling, planning a future. Rivera is active in the New York State Youth Leadership Council, which offers training sessions on coming out, lobbies lawmakers in Albany, and has an impressive website packed with information and practical advice for these youths on everything from health care and college applications to dating. It's one of many such organizations that have sprung up across the country focused on helping youth, fighting deportations, and educating the public about the kind of stateless limbo in which they feel trapped. Oh my God, what are you doing? Are you trying to get us deported? Rivera's mother cried after her daughter marched outside the Immigration and Customs Enforcement offices in downtown New York in 2010. Rivera was scared too, but like others, she has found comfort in community and safety in numbers. Yeah, see, we've been saying for a long time that uh, numbers make a difference when uh, you're doing activism. And these people are dealing with some pretty high stakes. You think it's a big deal to go out and sing Shire Choir songs out in front of the liquor store? Big stakes. These people are really putting it on the line. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. More about coming out as a so-called illegal immigrant here in moments. 855-450-FREE. You can take control as well in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live, which are up next. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number is 855-453-SACL-CAI Sickle toll-free line. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Here tonight, it's Ian. Ademo. And Mark. Ademo is here courtesy of uh, his site, copblock.org. Copblock.org. Go there and uh, learn more about police accountability and how to do it uh, with your video camera. Get some great examples of people standing up 
to these so-called authorities. It's good stuff. Coplock.org. Uh, 855-450-FREE allows you to take control of the airwaves here tonight. We're sharing with you uh, news over at the Washington Post, WashingtonPost.com, about people coming out of the closet uh, regarding being so-called illegal immigrants. Most of them are younger uh, people in their 20s or their teens who were brought here at a young age by their parents and as a result of that uh, are in this kind of legal uh, limbo land where they, uh, you know, they're technically not uh, legal by the government's, the federal government's uh, arbitrary laws. And that makes life pretty difficult, you know, when you've got to basically hide in the shadows. And these folks are coming out and they're making statements publicly and they're doing it in some cases out in front of the immigration's offices. And in other cases, they're getting arrested for it. So it's a pretty risky activity. It's pretty brave of these uh, these guys to do this. Kind of reminds you of the folks who burnt their Social Security cards, you know, outside of Social Security office, offices or in mass groups. Didn't they do that in like the, uh, or was it the draft, draft cards? cards? Draft cards, sorry, draft cards. Yeah, it's a little bit like that. Although, I mean, ultimately, the worst case scenario could be you're getting kicked out of this, uh, you know, this, this plot of land. Oh, right, and like in this uh, young lady's example, like ripped from her family. You know, she's got siblings who are citizens. Yep. Right. For whatever. Her mother also. I mean, you know, this is a really, really scary thing because you're not just ta- doing the activism for yourself. You're, you're outing your someone family else too. Yeah. Uh, so she's outed herself and found comfort in the community and safety in numbers, along with a growing sense of a need to take bigger risks in order to force change. And so they're escalating their protests, testing the Obama administration's professed new policy of prosecutorial discretion designed to focus on the deportation of known criminals, not students or immigrants with no criminal record. Uh, Mohammed Abdallah says, when we challenge the system, the system doesn't know what to do with us. He's a member of the National Immigrant Youth Alliance who has traveled around the country, organizing some of the boldest protests to date. He's 26 years old and came from Iran at the age of three, grew up in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and has a powerful personal story. As a gay man, he cannot return to a country where homosexuality is a crime, punishable by imprisonment or even death. Right. A fact that he says he uses to good effect whenever he's threatened with deportation. Today, Abdallah laughs when he recalls the early days of the movement in 2006 and 07 and the furtive online conversations with other anonymous youth, afraid that if their identity was exposed, immigration agents would come crashing through their doors. He says, I was scared to use my real name, even in emails. Back then, the movement was focused mainly on the DREAM Act, which would be a, uh, allow a path to citizenship for some who graduated from high school and spent two years in college or the military. The act has failed several times. Disgusted by its failure in 2007, he and others decided it was time for more radical action. They organized small coming-out events in safe areas like college campuses. The first big coming-out-of-the-shadows rally was in Chicago back in March of 2010. The movement quickly gathered strength, with young people actively fighting and publicizing deportation cases, organizing annual coming-out rallies across the country, and taking cues from the civil rights movement, getting arrested for acts of civil disobedience. Abdallah's first arrest came in May of 2010 at the Tucson, Arizona office of Republican Senator John McCain. Abdallah and four other student activists dressed in royal blue graduation gowns and caps sat down in the reception area under an American flag and refused to leave. It was the movement's first act of civil disobedience. McCain, who sponsored the DREAM Act in 2007, angered these activists by backing off during the 2008 election, Mm. saying he would not support it without tighter border controls. Abdallah spent the night in the Pima County Jail before being transferred to an ICE processing facility. There, he says, he was locked in a room with about 20 men who had been rounded up in an ICE raid. They were shackled and led to a van to be driven to the border and deported. The privileged, undocumented students, he says, were freed. 
according to the story here, it was a lesson the movement took to heart over and over when these young activists band together with lawyers lined up and plenty of media coverage. They're let go. Hmm. They're winning some powerful support. There's now a well-connected network of immigration lawyers, educators, and other professionals offering their services for free. And last summer at a boisterous coming-out rally in Atlanta, civil rights veteran Representative John Lewis of Georgia chanted undocumented and unafraid and told a cheering throng of young people that he was prepared to get arrested with them. I don't know if he actually did, but uh, he said he was prepared to. Uh, All the jails of Georgia, the jails of America are not large enough to hold all of us. He said, of course, he's absolutely right about that. That's what we've been saying for a while, right? Right. Of course, we can't really get a bunch of lawyers to back us up on the activism we're doing. (laughs) (laughs) You people might as well be radioactive as far as lawyers seem to be concerned. Although I think a lot of us can do fairly well just representing ourselves. I mean... You've gotten lucky. I hope that it. Uh, I hope it continues. Uh, it's going to have to continue. I got two fr- more tries at it. Frankly, here in New Hampshire, um, you know, there's been a lot, been a lot of misses. But still, I think the videos do well and give people, inspire people to to do such other things. But I don't want to kill any story here. Regardless of the policy change, even critics acknowledge it's simply not feasible to deport all of these youths. According to the nonpartisan Immigration Council, American Immigration Council, an estimated 2.1 million young people might qualify for legal status under the DREAM Act. About 65,000 such students graduate from American high schools every single year. Well, now this makes more sense, though. Their numbers are a lot larger than ours. That's true. That's a lot. That's a big difference. But how many of them are coming out, right? Like The question is how many of them are at at these rallies? What are the the sizes? They're much larger likely than what we're doing here in uh, Right. It's behind the scenes. I'm saying if they had the same number of public or active people as they're referred to commonly as as – I hate these terms, but this movement, then – you know, they have a lot more people in the background. 65 million, you said, or something? Uh, six, well, it was 65,000 65, graduate every single year from American high schools. What? There's, I, I can't remember what the statistics were. And but those I'm, are the only the ones that qualify for legal status under this DREAM Act. There are more of them that, uh, that are right. I, I can't remember what it was. It seems like I'm, I'm remembering that there was some, some poll done that, uh, you know, would you describe yourself as uh, fiscally conservative and uh, socially liberal? Mm-hmm. And the number was like 60%. Was it 16%? I think that's if you use the term libertarian, libertarian? Okay, attached maybe. to it. And then it jumps way up if you do do, do it. I mean, you know, it was just a, or, you know, who thinks the government's too big? About the right size or too small, and I think the too big came in at sixty percent. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying to remember these statistics off the top of my head. So, you know, if you want numbers, I got numbers for you. Sixty percent of the United States thinks the government's too big. Well, yeah, I mean, look at all the people at Ron Paul uh, rallies, for instance. There's plenty of people out there that agree with the ideas that we're talking about on the airwaves on this show every single night. But how many of them are willing to do what these folks are willing to do and stand up in front of the enforcers and say, "Hey"? This is a law I'm breaking. Uh, what are you going to do about it? There yeah. just there just aren't enough of them. But when you do get enough of them together, it makes a difference. And that's what these guys are effectively pointing out here. You get enough folks together, you create a movement, and there's excitement, and then the lawyers want to show up, and you know because they're going to get their names in lights and you know make themselves look good for helping these guys out. We need the numbers. That's that's basically what it comes down to. But I mean, at some point, people have to make the choice, right? I mean, the propaganda that's legal or illegal, I don't know, whatever the government's saying now from the beginning of the show, but that seems to be more effective, that the people, they're scared to sit there, and so we need the the base support. I think the numbers that are like bringing information and being active is good, as far as this movement's concerned. Mm-hmm. It's the behind-the-scenes support that I think they have, which is, 
you know, folks willing to network with one another, hide one another, be attorneys, be uh, propagandists themselves on, on certain things is where we lack. Well, and hopefully those uh, those things will change as uh, as more people get involved. Of course, we're, we're when we say our movement, we're talking about the liberty movement, but specifically the more kind of free state project arm of it, where uh, the idea is to bring people together who love the ideas of freedom, all move to the same place, uh, New Hampshire's, where the uh, free state project has chosen. And uh, and to get active. And we've seen example after example where when you've got numbers, the police and the government guys behave in a completely different manner than they would otherwise when you outnumber them is usually the tipping point. Sometimes they still will make an arrest or two if, if they uh, even if they're outnumbered. But usually it doesn't end up panning out into much. So as a great example, of course, is the 420 celebrations, the epic 420 celebrations here in Keene back in 2009. I mean, there were literally over 100 people at uh, Keene Central Square. And that's not a very big place. So 100 people is pretty a lot of people for the Central Square. They made one arrest one day. Fifty people walked down to the police department, sat around in a circle out back, smoked pot right outside the police department. They didn't do anything then. Well, then and you guys then, smoked in the lobby. Then the next day, the cops came back and made a second arrest at the next 420, which was happening daily. Uh, and then the, another 50 people walked down to the police department, walked into the lobby of the police department, proceeded to hot box the lobby and smoke pot in the, uh, the lobby of the police department. After that, we didn't see the police again for uh, over a couple of years in that that part maybe one thing for this is you know the immigration is very good activism and it's good thing but i guess maybe we could all more focus on like strike the root activism i think you know the greenpeace the save the whales the immigrations we all have the same goal which is probably to end the government and achieve all our things if maybe we could network it from that angle we'd be better off all right so uh, if you want to see the full story go to bbs.freetalklive.com i'll link to the full washington post piece there's a lot more to it uh, we'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime freetalklive.com the following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right. It's another edition of the Edgington Post show here on uh, Free Talk Live. And Today, I've got with me the guy who's uh, we, we've been talking about a little bit on air. Um, his name's Max Marty, and he is the CEO. Is that right, Max? That's correct. Of Blue Seed. And Blue Seed, I'll, I'll let you go ahead and describe what Blue Seed is. Sure. So, Blue Seed is a solution to a very big problem. Uh, the problem is that a lot of entrepreneurs from all around the world would love to come to Silicon Valley. They'd love to be starting uh, high-tech startups. They'd love to uh, help improve our economy, the world's economy, uh, create new technologies and new companies, but they are currently not able to do so because of the U.S. government's fairly restrictive uh, and, uh, frankly, very outdated policy when it comes to visa issues and visa regulation. So we are creating a way for them to be able to, to do this, to come to Silicon Valley and create their companies. But instead of being in Silicon Valley itself, entrepreneurs will be 12 miles offshore in a community for uh, 1,000 of the world's best, brightest, and boldest to be able to create their companies while living and working on a vessel uh, out in international waters. 
Now, um, for those who don't know where Silicon Valley is, I know that it's south of San Francisco, and I really don't know much else uh, besides that. That kind of in- valley kind of indicates that it's uh, between two sets of uh, mountain ranges or something. And um, is it how close is it to the, the the water to the Pacific Ocean? Right. So it's uh, it's in the San Francisco Bay Area. And it's a portion of a Bay Area, essentially the South Bay Area, between a town called uh, San Jose and San Francisco. And it's about a 20-minute drive from the the coastline. Okay. Now, um, San Francisco, so California is, it's like France as far as uh, its productivity and that kind of thing. I mean, when people look at California, it is a uh, incredibly productive place and um, on the planet, and it's surprising because it's uh, some of its uh, taxes tend to be incredibly arduous. And we're we're taught uh, in Austrian economics that this would uh, tend to drive people away, but it hasn't so far. Um, I guess it's uh, probably the the costs of relocating and looking for you know and trying to get all your very skilled employees to move with you and that kind of thing. So they. These people seem to have uh, congregated in Silicon Valley, and Silicon Valley is really kind of superlative as far as money-making in California, too, right? Right, right. So, yeah, Silicon Valley is uh, essentially the heart of productive activity in California. Well, I suppose there's some productive activity going on also in uh, Hollywood. That's another big industry. But, uh, but yeah, California's uh, the Silicon Valley is sort of the beating heart of innovation not just in California, but in the entire country and, and essentially in the entire world. And yeah, I would say this has been uh, this has been certainly despite all the uh, very onerous regulation and taxation and other issues that we have going on here in California. Uh, anybody who's lived here for any length of time, uh, especially in uh, in certain parts of California, knows that uh, it's, it's quite a, quite a lot to deal with. But but thankfully, we have this uh, this very productive industry that's really breathing life into into quite a bit. So um, now, now Blue Seed is this idea to put, I guess what we've coined on the, the program, and I hope you don't find this insulting at all, is a freedom barge um, off the coast of uh, California in, with the intention of, I guess, making it available to you know, people who you know, wouldn't otherwise be able to come and work in the United States, would, there, would, would be able to work 13 miles from the United States, which... Frankly, most people commute that to work anyway. What is the average commute to work? You probably know this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, heck, um, I know it's maybe uh, around here. I would say a lot of people are coming down from San Francisco, and they could spend anywhere like an hour in traffic. Yeah, just to get into just to get into work. So, I mean, the, the things. I guess the idea is is that uh, the, the the your boat will be this uh, crucible, this uh, this incubator for businesses that will. Uh, you know, start there, start up, and then at some point get big enough that they move off of the boat onto the land, and they, you know, what deal with whatever issues they do when when they do that. But that's the that's the concept, right? Right. So exactly, these companies will uh, be on board just long enough such that they can kind of get their uh, get their get their roots planted a little deeper, get some funding, get some more traction, maybe build the team up a little bit. And then they will be moving on shore because really a lot of the magic that happens in Silicon Valley is the the talent that you can attract, the people that come and uh, want to connect with you. And it's a natural step for them to, once they've sort of outgrown our facilities, to move on shore. Right. And so they would move 
uh, at their own time, uh, their own picking, right? I mean, essentially, you're offering a floating office building, right? That's right. Uh, so, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't want to be, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to be uh, completely... Uh, there might be some circumstances where we say, okay, look, this company's been here for two years. They're uh, they're already at uh, 20 employees, and, you know, they, they, they love us. They're, they're, they're paying what needs to be paid in order to pay the rent, et cetera. But uh, it's time for them to move on. You know, this is really a, uh, a gateway for entrepreneurs who want to come and, and get started. So we have limited space. So eventually, eventually the larger companies will need to, to move on shore. But, but, yeah, because of the unique sort of situation that startups and technology sector have, it's not very predictable. You can't say, oh, you know, it takes them six months or it takes them a year. Uh, it can take a lot of – it can take six months. It can take two years. It can take more than that. And uh, it's difficult to predict these things, so so we need to be pretty flexible there. So, what are these unique things? Uh, you know, these unique uh, attributes to startups in Silicon Valley. I mean, you know, the rest of us don't know <laughs> what 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 goes on. I mean, their deals are cut in smoky boardrooms. I mean, what's going on? So, uh, for example, one of the things that's pretty different from this sector versus other sectors and other places around the country is, uh, as you really can come here and create a cool company and, uh, you know, a cool product with just uh, a couple of guys and a lot of time on your hands and a couple of computers, uh, that, uh, you know, that, that's sort of this, uh, this this funny fairy tale that people might hear around the country, but it, it really can work around here, and it really has worked several times. So, uh, enab- you know, enabling those sorts of individuals to really have the chance to create a product, create something that's market. Well, what is I mean, that? I don't think it really Sorry, there's some weird audio. Excuse me. Go ahead. No worries. Um, so, uh, so these individuals will have a chance to uh, create those sorts of companies, those sorts of uh, what's called around here in the lingo the minimum viable product. In other words, uh, something that you can get out there onto the market so that people start trying out your product, start giving you some feedback so that you can iterate and adjust as necessary to, uh, to be able to scale. And that's really what this is all about. Um, these these companies are companies that can scale, that will scale, that that can serve very large markets. So we're talking about uh, specifically, you know, technology startups rather than uh, lifestyle uh, startups, as as they've been called. So somebody who opens, for example, a uh, a restaurant or or a franchise, those are really, you know, of course, those are entrepreneurs, and and more power to them. But uh, but that's not specifically the uh, the market that we're targeting. Now, um, speaking of which, uh, you know, you mentioned restaurants. There's going to be all kinds of things that people who would live on board. Uh, what are you calling uh, your project with Blue Seat? I mean, is the because there's a boat or a barge? What are you calling it? Do you have a name for it yet? We actually haven't. Uh, we haven't yet named the ship, but uh, that's something that as soon as we, I think, as soon as we decide on a vessel, we're uh, we'll decide on a name. All right, vessel. We'll go with that. So. Sure. <laughs> Um, when there you have a thousand people living on a vessel, those people are going to need things. Um, they're going to need to eat. They're obviously you're going to house them, so housing is going to be uh, you know fine. They're probably going to need to go to the shore, so you're going to need some kind of uh, taxi services. You're going to need, uh, oh, I you know maybe those people need cars at the shore. You know, there's all kinds of uh, it's, you know there's going to be energy needs on the boat. Uh, there's going to be uh, waste disposal needs on the boat, all kinds of things. How how have you planned for that? I mean, there's going to be a certain you're going to need infrastructure. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so you mentioned uh, you mentioned Austrian economics and uh, you know Hayek, of course, 
talking a lot about the uh, the, the, the uh, coordination problem, the, uh, the difficulties in in trying to sort of centrally manage so much uh, so much complexity, so many different avenues, and so many issues. And a lot of uh, a lot of big companies have to do this, right? Walmart's uh, big contribution has been their really their supply chain. They they've gotten that down to a, a really hard science, and they they know how to move things in and out very quickly and very efficiently. So in our case, it's sort of a nexus of a lot of different problems and a lot of different issues that need to be solved. So, uh, for example, like you said, you're going to be moving supplies back and forth. So, you know, how do you get uh, people on and off safely and then back to shore? How do you have the right relationship with uh, Customs and Border Protection to make sure that they can uh, easily and in a streamlined fashion move in and out when they need to to meet with investors and that sort of thing? How do you get toilet paper on the vessel? How do you get an internet connection? How do you manage the community on board? How do you uh, help the individuals get the proper visas they need to be able to come to uh, the U.S. and then come on sh- onto the onto the boat? Um, so all of these are, and then of course, that's to say nothing of of the various political questions and the PR issues and and all the rest. So uh, this is a, a coordination problem uh, writ large, so to speak. And uh, really, the best way to solve this is twofold. One is to go and find the third parties whom have these core competencies, because it's really impossible for one organization, uh, especially our size, to have all these competencies in-house already. So, so one of those things is going to these other companies and saying, look, we need to uh, contract with you and have you deal with problem X, problem Y, or problem Z. Uh, the other thing is, of course, to, to do everything we can to hire the right people and to, to have the right advisors and everything so that we can start to coordinate this uh, enormous nexus of, uh, of, of complexity. So, um, you know, I've, I've been thinking about this project since we talked about it several days ago on the show. And I've got to say, I think it's one of the most exciting things going in the the, the – I won't want to call it the liberty movement, but it's not really even a part of the liberty movement. It's, uh, I mean, you know, maybe, I guess let me ask you, <laughs> Max, are you a libertarian? Yeah, so, yeah, my own, my own personal political view is, is uh, I, I, am a, I am a libertarian. I suppose I could, I could certainly call myself that. Sure. Um, when but, it comes to blue states, though, we're, we're, we're trying to stay uh, as apolitical as possible. Sure. So... Uh, and of course, that's. I think that's just that's just the practical realities of the sort of scale project that we're doing. We uh, we wouldn't want to brand ourselves uh, libertarian or 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 on the right of center or left of center or or have any uh, any any sort of uh, position on that because that the more we can explain that, look, this is for entrepreneurs who would have wanted to be here, who would have wanted to be. Uh, what's what's the uh, you know the, the the political lingo, the political buzzwords are creating jobs and improving the economy and such. And so we, we need to uh, we need to be very cognizant of that fact and, uh, and and very keenly aware of the various political interest groups and and uh, others who who will be affected or or feel that they will be affected by what we're doing and explain to them that this is a a win win on on all sides. Yeah, I, I I can't even imagine who would be standing against you at this point, but uh, you know I'm sure that I'm sure. I'm sure that there's somebody out there that's got some kind of, uh, you know, believes themselves to have some kind of interest in what it is that you're doing. But um, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say a lot of times it's uh, it's it's a misunderstanding. So, uh, for example, the immigration issue is a is a really broad issue. So it has to do with uh, you know what do you do with people who are already here and. Um, uh, what do you do with people who want to come over who are low-skilled? What do you do with people who want to come over who are high-skilled? 
what do you do with people who want to come over and actually create companies, which is the problem we're addressing. But a lot of times these issues get lumped together in the political discourse and on the media and then in the minds of, of, of voters everywhere. So it's very difficult to disentangle the various uh, different types of immigration that people have to deal with. And so a lot of times we'll get emails saying, oh, my gosh, this is going to be, you know, just another ploy to ship jobs overseas. And, you know, I can't believe it. I'm already having such a hard time finding a job. And I, uh, I, I, don't, know, I don't know what to say to these people besides, uh, A, you know, that's, that's a rather confused view because, you know, these, these people would want to have been here creating jobs for you, and, and they're not allowed to do so. And I'm giving them an opportunity to be able to do that. Yeah. And, I can't uh, even – I've got to jump in, Max. Oh, I, I'll, I'll hear B in just one second. But, you know, when you think about all these huge, uh, you know, technology companies that have been created by immigrants, this isn't a situation where a nurse from the United States job is being lost by a nurse that's coming from Mexico. This is a situation where there are only a handful of people in the world that can do this. And, I mean, these are the NBA stars. These are the marquee players of the tech world because they're both entrepreneurs and they're technical. And, you know, they've they've got whatever it takes to make this happen. They're not taking jobs from Americans. They're creating jobs for Americans. That's right. That's right. And, so uh, and I, I really wish there was a there was a better way for us to, to sort of convey that message or, you know, maybe, maybe we're not doing a good enough job. But uh, but uh, well, I don't I don't I, I don't know what you guys are dealing with, but I, I don't know that uh, I, you know, probably most people at this point aren't even thinking about Blue Seed too much. And then once it gets happening, they'll see what good it does. And, you know, they they, you know, it, it seems like it's going to be a, a very good thing. And in that all you have to do is get it uh you know, get over the few hurdles and early on, and I would think that you would have a lot of success. I mean, the the idea sounds solid from where from where I'm coming from. Um, what about housing? Uh, are these people going to be living in? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I I think I somewhere on some some of the videos that I saw over at uh, blueseed.co. I recommend anyone go over there and watch those videos. I thought they were great. Um, some they were talking about uh, four person rooms. Right, so we're going to have a a, a different uh, assortment of, of of rooms for people who are looking for for different things. So we're going to have, uh, yeah, you can you can have a four person shared room all the way up to uh, you know your own single with a with a living room and a nice beautiful balcony. Um, it uh, all depends on how much rent the, the individuals who who would want those rooms are are looking to pay and, and you know what the situation is there. It's just a matter of, of meeting supply with demand. Uh, so far, from all the market research we've done, it looks like the uh, the less expensive rooms will be around twelve hundred dollars per person per month, and uh, the more expensive, really nice, beautiful rooms with you know the uh, the ocean side view, of course, will be uh, will be around three thousand uh, per person per month. And that's really nothing towards uh, you know people who are used to living well. Three thousand dollars a month is uh, really not that big of a deal. Now you had said before yep. that uh, you know once these people, once you they you guys feel that the company has reached a certain uh, point or or whatever, that uh, you'll give them a little shove out of the nest. Why? I guess why is that? I mean, why not build another boat and let people who want to stay on the boat stay on the boat? Uh, so there's two reasons. Um, one is because like. I, of course, I would. I want to, you know, expand and, and, and build another boat, or, or maybe just get a larger ship, or expand to different parts of the country, and uh, and and that would certainly be be great if we could do that. You know, we will certainly be doing that as soon as we as soon as we uh, get the opportunity as an organization. 
but the other factor is that all these startups that locate on board will be compensating us not just in rent, but also by uh, a portion of their company. So about 5% of the equity in their company, we take a, an equity stake in all the companies that come on board. So it's in our interests to uh, help them succeed, help them scale, and then help them move on shore, because that's the next sort of step in their growth trajectories uh, before they have some sort of liquidity event or on their way to becoming the next Googles or the next Facebooks. Mm-hmm. That's that's really the uh, the idea here. We're trying to promote the creation of companies that will make a big difference uh, here in, uh, in 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 California, in the U.S., and and around the world. Well, it sounds like a it sounds like a really great idea. Um, and what when do you think you you guys are going to be rolling this out? So we'd like to be rolling this out at the end of next year, at the end of 2013. Wow, that's. Uh... Uh, have you have you got a vessel uh, spotted at this point? I mean, how how far are we from uh, you know imagination to realization? We have uh, a database of around forty different ships of the size that we're looking at, and we have a so buying a ship is a lot like buying a house. You you look at a lot of houses with a with a broker, and the broker says, "Oh my gosh, this one's great, and that one's great, and oh, here's yeah. why you, I think you should buy that one." And then you go to a bank and you say, hey, you know, I'm going to put uh, 20% down and, and I'll take the rest on debt or, or whatever the case may be. And then you go, uh, you get a mortgage and you go and, and buy, the, the, in this case, the vessel. Uh, in our case, it also means that we have to retrofit the ship. So we have to, no cruise ship, for example, comes with office space. You have to build out. So we're looking at, we have uh, narrowed it down to about three different ships and there's one that's our favorite and, you know, we're not going to quite mention what those are yet. No, because, no. Uh, of course. Uh, you rent you know, it after it, you get it like bought. The housing market, right? Yeah, yeah. If it gets bought, that wouldn't be very good. Or, or like the housing market, if you say, oh, my gosh, you know, this is the house I really want. Right. Then the, uh, the guy on the other side of the table, you know, he'll uh, he'll start smelling the money. Indeed. But, um, yeah, yeah. So so that's where we are. Okay. So um, we've got. To, I'm, I'm right here at the uh, running up on the wire. Um, how do people get involved if somebody's uh, you know got an idea or you know whatever wants to be involved? How do they do it? So we have two different segments. One is the startup segments, uh, which is uh, primarily most everybody on board is going to be having some sort of high tech company. So if they'd like to get involved with that, they can go on our website, bluesy.co.co, and um, they can fill out our survey of interest. So that way we have them on file, and when we move forward and are able to offer them a specific uh, room and, and all the specific terms, we'll, we'll have them down. We also get some information as to sort of what they're looking for. And the other segment is what we're calling enhancers. So anybody who adds positively to the environment who's not necessarily a startup but wants to be on board, for example, if somebody's doing oceanographic research or has a uh, an MBA uh, group that they have on board, sort of like a satellite campus, uh, we've had an approach by various different people like that, or we've been approached also by people who want to offer their accounting services or their IP attorneys or all the various things that could positively add to the environment or positively add to the uh, success of the companies on board are also people we'd like to talk to. And anybody who wants to help us with that can email us at uh, info at lucy.co. Excellent. Well, Max, I appreciate the, uh, the the interview here. We've been very excited in talking about this uh, this project here on Free Talk Live, and I hope to see some growth out of you. Thank you. Thank you very much.